ready? So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia because you guys are freaking just so amazing. I just love you guys. I love you guys as a company. You just stock the best of the best and you guys have everything for the next adventure. Running, camping, hiking, climbing, survival, you name it, these guys have it. Go to the website, wildearth.com.au, and put in the 10% discount code, Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Now, guess what, guys? I have something so exciting, and I am so stoked about this. Okay, I want you to picture something, right? Picture you spent the whole day like climbing a mountain with your friends, or like you've been rock climbing, you've been hiking, you've been surfing, getting pumping waves all day. Right, And then in the afternoon, sun's going down, you're hanging out with your friends, you're cheersing the day. What do you want to do? You want to sit there and have a nice cold beer. <laughs> okay, I'm so happy with what I'm about to tell you because this is what I always want to do at the end of a day like this is sit there and just have a beer and enjoy that moment with my friends and just cheers the day that we just had. But sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, I just surfed all day and I just, or I just hiked all day or I climbed a mountain or I did something that was so like healthy and then now I'm like just like, you know, like putting this into my body and then, and then anyway, I found a solution, right? Organic, preservative-free beer. Okay, so there's a company called Free Brewing Co. I found them online and I reached out to them and I was like, oh my God, you guys are freaking amazing. And I found their beer at BWS and it's at Dan Murphy's. Anyway, I'm stoked that these guys are around. They believe in the adventurous lifestyle and that's why I love it. Organic, preservative, free beer. It's a no-brainer. Free Brewing Co. You see them at BWS, Dan Murphy's, or you can go to the website, or just even check them out on social media. I'll put a link on my on, on my Instagram. Now remember to always drink responsibly. Okay, now this episode, guys, is the second part of the yacht story. So if you didn't hear the first one, go back to the episode about three episodes ago, the yacht, SV Beach House on the Moon. Now it's the story of when me and two mates went to Malaysia and bought a yacht together and then went sailing for Indonesia. Now, this is the second part, and I'm sitting down once again with Rio from the episodes Conversations with an Enlightened Elder. He is a favorite on the show. He always gets requested for me to um, for me to sit down and chat with him. But I've used him to tell this story too, and we had a great time, and I think you guys are going to love it. Enjoy, you and your stupid, creaky chairs, Rio. No, you're the one with the creaky chair. I'll lean forward and my chair won't creak. Are you gonna? It doesn't creak if you don't move. <laughs> Just do it like this. All right. So, so Rio. Yeah. Picking back up, um, episode two of the yacht story. Yeah. Do you remember the last story I told you about the yacht? You don't, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're too- oh man. No, I got I remember. Okay, where we were up to. Yeah. So the backtrack for the listeners is that a few episodes ago, we did an episode called The Yacht, and it was when me and two of my best friends bought a yacht together in Malaysia, and we fixed it up, 
and set sail for Thailand. Oh, Malaysia. We set sail up Malaysia, Thailand, and then across the Malacca Strait to Indonesia. And that was all the trials and tribulations and the storm we hit and when we nearly lost the boat in that last podcast. But the story got to, because it is such a huge story, because we bought this yacht and we, we set sail with like pretty much no experience for Indonesia to surf, um, to do the surf season down in Indonesia. And where I got up to last time was when we cleared in through Aceh mm. into actually Indonesia. So we crossed the Malacca Strait from Thailand across to Banda Aceh in the north of Indonesia, yeah. me, Jai and Jimmy on our yacht SV Beach House on the Moon, which is a 46 aluminium sloop. Just reminding people for yeah. the, that didn't listen to the last yeah. podcast, you, <laughs> go back and listen, you dogs. <laughs> 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 Why not to explain this? No, no. Um, but I think that's where we we're up to. We we're up to when I cleared in. Oh, can you just see those crickets just picked up yeah. in the forest? Yeah, we're in the forest right now. Oh, okay, okay, we've got the forest sounds, but... It's cicadas. Cicadas. Yeah. So where we got up to last time was we cleared in through Banda Ache off the island Sibung, I think it was, um, next to that marijuana island. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where everyone, where they sell the, the weed for all of Indonesia and everything, and it was like such a weird thing because they had the Sharia law and no alcohol and everything, yet there's this island that was freely just... One huge marijuana crop. So could you pull up and just get... We didn't because we were too scared, but other yachts did. Ah. And then, yeah, other yachts did and friends of ours for other yachts. So where I wanted to tell you this story, so now this story now begins of when me, Jai and Jimmy, or Jimmy, Jai and I, like entered Indonesia and set sail on our surf trip. Yeah. So the last part of the story was like, Spending months like learning the boat, fixing the boat up, learning to sail, sailing and partying up in Thailand, Malaysia, and now the surf season begins. We're cleared uh, into Arche. So now, so once we did that, so this is where this next podcast, this episode begins, is us sailing down and figuring out how to do this. Yeah. And it was actually kind of funny because when we were in the marina, so taking the story back to when we first bought the boat, we we're in the marina and in the marina in Lingkawi in Reback Island in Malaysia, that's where we bought the boat, where we worked on it, where we fixed it up, that little island off, um, off Lingkawi in Malaysia in the north that had a marina in it. Mm-hmm. And so we lived in that marina fixing the boat up. But there was a whole heap of other yachties in there. There was probably another six to eight boats in there that were all fixing their boats up. That's where they leave it. And then they do the Indonesian season. Uh, and they're so these surfers. guys are all surfers. Yeah. Ah, but it was okay. funny, like we spent like three months in that in that um in that marina, like building relationships with these guys. Mm. But the thing about sailing through Indonesia is like the surf spots is that they're all secret still. Like there's so many we've all everyone's still got their own secrets and they don't want to blow them out because you know, look uh, at how much Bali's blown out and how much the the Mentawai Islands are blown out and surfing spots around Indonesia are completely blown out. Yeah. But the people we bought our yacht off, these old sailor makers, the reason why they had it in Malaysia is because they were surfers doing the surf season. It was a couple and they would go down and do the surf season, but they left their diary on the boat. Oh, you're kidding me. So their diary had all these waves and reefs and what they worked on, what tides. It was like the Bible. And so what this allowed us to do, it gave us this added like way to connect with these other yachties because like they're so confrontational as in like they, you know, you'd be mates to them, but they wouldn't tell you anything. 
And like we would be sitting out for beers in the afternoon on sunset after we've been working on our boats all day. And you just say to one, you'd be like, oh, so tell us about, um, you know, Some skeletons yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, about yeah. someone. They're like, how do you know about that? Like, oh, no, no, we know. But if you know already, then they're happy to talk about it. Yeah. So like we're developing this relationship with like all these other yachties. Plus the whole time they're thinking like, we're just going to kill ourselves. Three young dudes, no sailing experience other than Jimmy, but like not knowing what we're getting ourselves into. So they didn't think we we're going to make it. So when we've left, we've gotten everyone's emails and we know everyone on the, on the radios, like their boat names and everything. So when we've left, we've organized to meet a few other boats in a couple of months time yeah. in the Benyak Islands. Which was quite a bit down. So we're so for this to meet them, we're gonna sail like we did the Malaysian sailing, the Thailand sail, then we've sailed across down to Aceh, and then we're gonna sail down the Aceh coast out to Simalu, which is the first big island off the coast of Sumatra, mm-hmm. and then sail down the island. So you've got the island chain, Sumatra, Bubby, Banyak Islands, Nias, the Mentawai. Uh, you know, wow. that's the island chain like that. Yeah. And that's the trip to do. But we've organized to meet all these guys in the Banyak Islands around like this kind of time. We're like, yeah, in a few months, blah, blah. And we've, I think we emailed them when we, when we left Thailand to fuel the boats and like there was a group email, you know. And the thing was, they just like, these guys are not going to make it. You know, yeah, the whole thing was like, how have they made it even so far? They just like had no faith. And especially our first sail to Thailand, we nearly lose the boat. We get caught in a storm, rip up all our sails, you know, and that, that's, that storm was the, the basis of the last podcast is when we nearly lost the boat and all killed ourselves and yeah. had no safety gear. So, so do you have safety gear now? Yeah. Well, we ended up spending like three grand on safety gear in Thailand. Because that was the whole point. If you remember from the so last got an episode, now? yeah, we got an EPRM. Oh, good. Now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we've started doing the man overboard drills, learning how to um, to use the safety equipment, learning learning how to rescue um, each other if we need. You know, we started actually thinking about this. You know, because it, it got so real so quick on our first sail, we hit a, a Sumatran storm. Yeah, a storm called a Sumatran. It was fifty knot winds and put the boat on the side, and we. And that was the last story. It ripped up all our sails. We nearly lost the boat. We're diving underwater under waves, holding on for dear life. And we got pushed out to that island um, and had to hide there for a couple of days. So go back, actually, listeners, and listen to that last episode. You'll see it down the line a couple of episodes ago called The Yacht SV Beach House on the Moon. So we we clear through Archie. And now the actual raw adventure begins because now it's actually like now we're on the surf trip. Yeah. We don't know. We're going into the unknown. Like before, we're going into like, you know, sailing up to PP Island or going up to Phuket or sailing around. Now we're actually hitting Arche and traveling down the coast looking for waves. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? And we don't know yeah. much. We do have this Bible, like this, this, um, this diary that says like some of the waves, but like the whole thing was like finding them ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like as we would sail along the coast and we had a couple of spots in mind that was in the diary of like we knew where waves were. Yeah. But as we'll sail along, we'd tow our dinghy and we'd like look along the coast and watch the, the reefs with um, binoculars and any waves that we'd see, you know, we'd um, launch the dinghy and go in and have a look as we're sailing past. But this is where the raw adventure started because on such thin supply we filled up all our food and everything that we could like long life stuff in thailand when we left Mm. but now you know now we're working out how to to make this life work how to make this lifestyle work yeah and so the whole point was spearing every day and spearing um for our fish now the thing is i wasn't a spearo 
I couldn't spear and I tried it when I lived in Western Bar years before all my friends were spearfishing. And so I'm like, I need to learn how to spear because yeah. my, my mates are spearing. That's how we're catching food. And so I remember one of the first villages we go to off Arche. It was so cool, man, because you like rock up your anchor off, you know, you're sailing down, you see a harbour, you know, you're like you've sailed for the day because you're heading south looking for waves and you see a harbour or a safe haven at anchor, you go in and it might be off a village. Oh. And so you go in and you're just going into these random villages and like tiny villages and every every village has such different culture. And you sit, we're sitting down and speaking Indonesian with them and learning about the local area, you know what I mean? And Aceh was so different to the rest of Indonesia because of the Sharia law, the really strong Muslim connection yeah. that they have there. But at the same do they, time... Do they speak Achenese or do they actually speak Indonesian? No, they got their own dialect as well, but they, everyone in Indonesia speaks Indonesian as like their... So they do understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. they would be speaking to each other and like even their each village has their own kind of like dialect kind oh, of thing. Wow. You know yeah. what I mean? There's so so many languages up there, but Indonesia as a whole and then a lot of those languages, like those like their own native tongue for that village mixes in Indonesian with it because it's just yeah. easier. Yeah, yeah. So now like we're going down the coast and... Man, this is just what life became. Our life was literally going to different villages. You know what I mean? Um, spearing, finding waves, surfing. There were so many novelty waves that we found too. Well, the hardest thing was is that all the navionics that we had, everything had moved from the um, tsunami. Oh, from the, all the yeah. reefs had moved. So every passage that we came into, we had to. I had to climb the mask and wear um, polarized sunnies to look down and watch for the reef. And a lot of waves that used to be waves weren't waves anymore. And that was a whole new thing because then a lot of waves are lost and a lot of waves were gained. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was ever like it used to be because there were some waves that were like world-class waves that were completely gone because from that earthquake and that tsunami, the reef moved. Yeah. The reefs all moved, you know, the bombies moved, everything moved. Oh, man, I remember this one. We were in this village off Arche. And it was like, I remember there was an island straight off Arch, uh, like off the coast. I don't even know if I can try to find it on the maps. But there was this island, like literally straight off the coast. And we're like, oh, this looks like a good place. And we heard there might be a wave here. Yeah. And it's straight off the coast. And I'm talking like in between the mainland and the island was like a 300 meter gap passage. And we're like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go anchor here. And this was before we we're going to cr- cut across the islands. And I remember it was a um, calamari the village all, were all squid fishermen. Oh, okay. And they had all these different types of boats. They were square boats that floated. And so this whole, we come into this bay and it was just all just squid boats. And there was this island. I remember it was an overcast rainy day and we pulled up on the island that was like just off. I remember we, um, we went there and we looked and it looked like a wave, but it was like kind of messy. So like there's a, how big is this island? Not that big. And, then, like, and it's like, just a, like, like a small island, like as in no one lived on it. Like Julian Rocks or something like that? Maybe three times that. Okay. Yeah. And then in, then there's a gap. There's like... A 300 meter gap. gap that, in that gap, gap the is just, Yeah, it's just filled with these squid boats. And so we've just suddenly got this boat, like a Western yacht. You know what I mean? Just comes straight into the middle of this tiny, like where this village is, the village is on the land there. And there's just all these squid boats. And we've just got anchored in the middle of them. You know what I mean? Just all these like squid fishermen. Like, what the fuck? And we're like, yeah, we're going to... There might be a wave here looking for a wave off this island. And we see it. And it was like an overcast, like um, rainy, like messy day. Mm. But this wave is breaking. 
And I remember like being so excited, like, yes, because every surf we've had, we're finding like waves and we're starting to get waves again better. We get, we're learning how to find waves, how to surf them. And the scariest thing was every wave you surfed, you didn't know like what the reef's like. Yeah. You, you got to study it so much. Like you take off on a wave, like it could be bombies or rocks. You don't know what's underneath. Oh, yeah, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, yeah. So it's like a fully, but the thing is like, if you eat it, that was the other thing too. If you eat it, it's, uh, there's no hospitals around. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I remember being like so nervous with some of the stuff, but I remember we surfed this island and we went, we anchored in this bay around all the squid boats and we took the dinghy out to the island and there was this right-hander. And I remember it was like, because it was kind of semi-messy, but it was about solid four to five foot. Yeah. But it was like the end part of snapper, not the barrelly part, the ah. end like long wall, real fun, real punchy. And I just remember the island itself, it was raining, but the island had like a cliff on it like right on the sand on the beach yeah. and there was a waterfall coming oh, off that cliff straight onto the beach and wow. we're standing and we're surfing this wave and no one's around and you're like, oh yeah, because we had heard about it so we're like, people have surfed this before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the waves we found, we're like, oh, we know it's been surfed before but we're surfing, it's just the three of us and it's like snapper. It's like having fun snapper to yourself, oh, just the three of us. Oh, and yeah. I just remember like the cheering and screaming because like even the Indonesian, the squid boats, they don't even know, really know what surfing is. You know what I mean? Just, it's so novel, novel to them. It's like such a novelty. They're like, what the, what the hell is going on? And so because of that, then they're so intrigued by you and they're so intrigued by these young guys on a boat. So then like we spent up the whole night, you know, like on um, with the villagers on land, like, like chatting to them and everything. And then we'll go like buy veggies from them. From this, this is how this developed, like spearing, finding spear spots, talking to the locals, finding where the fish are. But the thing was, I couldn't, I tried to spear and I couldn't kill something. It was, still, it was playing on me that I couldn't kill oh, you anything. Mean you didn't want to kill yeah, something. Yeah, I just couldn't ki- kill something. And so like, it was kind of, it was actually really hard because, you know, we're surfing and spearing and that's how we're getting our food. And then, but right now it's not a problem because we've got heaps of supplies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I haven't like emotionally felt a problem yet. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Then, okay, so where, so I'm just kind of leading into something here because once we leave the Arche coast, we go to a couple of places, but now we're cutting across, doing a passage across to Similu Island, which is that first big island off Sumatra. And that's where the real surf and good surf starts. You know what I mean? It's down the islands that are off Sumatra. Yeah. So our first thing, our point of call is go to Similu and start surfing down that coast. Now, a lot of the waves had changed. So the first wave, so we've done the passage, sailed across. And as we're going along, I still remember, as we're going along, coming around the tip of um, Similu, we're looking for waves, looking for waves. And then we find these three little islands that are straight off the coast, these three picturesque islands. And in that little video that I just showed you that was Mm. like the promotion of the last episode, there's one photo in the middle of this just tiny picturesque island. I don't know if you remember seeing that just then, but there was three of them straight off like the coast and we've sailed past and I think we went to a, we went and anchored in a place called Lacon. Mm-hmm. And we've dropped anchor in there because there's supposed to be a left and a right at the end of this bay. But the reef had moved and the waves weren't good anymore. Oh, so I remember we were scoping up and down that coast in the dinghy and I remember I surfed this wave that the boys, they thought it was fat and didn't, so they didn't paddle out with me and I was like, and, but it was actually so fun. There was this wave in the middle of this bay next to this river mouth and it was kind of dodgy because in in close it was so shallow and such sharp reef. Yeah. But there must have been a big bommy underwater, and so this swell would come and peak on this bommy, and these waves would stand up, and then break, and then it would go fat into this channel, 
and then it'll like reform the inside and get heavy. But this, the boys are like, oh, it's just a fat wave. No, we're not going to surf it. And I paddled out by myself, right? And this wave was so freaking fun. I just remember because it was about a solid like four to six foot, like solid, but it went fat in the end. But you could, because it would fizzle on this rock, you could take off so early on this big wall. You'd, I just remember sitting out by myself and paddle in, take off, have this huge long wall in front of me and I'd take uh, off and like just race, have so much speed. And then this wall would stand up and I'd get like one like big turn off yeah. before... um. It'll go into this channel. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just like, we're just learning it. But then we're sitting there, but we didn't get the waves we, we wanted to. But at the same time, we're spearing around there. And it was actually, we're, actually, here's the story. We're in the middle of the bay. And this was like one of the, one of the, first, when we're learning everything, how to surf and like how to like, you know, so we hadn't even figured out where to put our surfboards yet. Because the whole passage and everything, they were down in one of the bunks. Yeah. But now we're surfing every day. So like, where do we put our boards? And we ended up making a thing at the back under the bimini of like above our heads where we could hang the boards that were surfing that day. But until we figured that out, we were anchored in this place, Lekong, which was one of the first places we went to in Similu. And we'd only had a few surfs down Arche before that. So our boards went back away because we're doing big passages. Yeah. But what we did before we had built this thing on the bimini, and the reason why we did is because we went to bed at night and we just put all our boards on the side of the boat and we're anchored in this bay. Like, no one around, just us by ourselves. There's the old fishing boat that would come through. But no villages around or anything. And we've woken up in the morning, and all our boards are gone. Are you? And we're like, what the fuck? Like, all at the start of this surf trip, and all our boards are gone. And we're like, what the fuck? And we're like, we're being robbed. We're being robbed. There's no fish. Like, what the hell? Like, there's no one around. Who's robbed us? And we've got in the dinghy, and we've started searching around the bay. And they're floating around in the fucking And we started bay. finding them. But they've been floating all night. They had algae on them already. And we oh. found them all, man. We found all. We're so lucky. So after that, like, after that, if we ever put boat, um, our boards on the side, we'll put the leg rope onto the, onto the bar on the side of the boat. And that's why we made the thing at the back as well. So, like, so what did the wind knock them off or something? Just rocking. There's one thing that we learn about sailing is like we're just constantly losing stuff. You know, you tie your bodies to the side of the boat, have pegs, anchor them down, and then like a bit of wind or a bit of chop or a wave hits the side of the boat and just boom, you lose something. But it's just like you always lost stuff that you didn't. You just get up one morning, you're like, we, like where's that going? I remember we had this mattress. There was like an outdoor mattress. It was like off an outdoor day bed. Yeah. And we had that up on the deck to lay on. And just one day it just wasn't there. <laughs> Fuck did that go? You know what I mean? You're always just losing stuff. So you're learning that. But anyway. So what happens? The wind or? Yeah, wind. It's mainly the rocking, I think, or just hidden waves or just so stuff just falling off. It slowly it's, yeah. keeps flopping off and flopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because we don't know, we're learning. Yeah. We're learning everything. We're learning how to really secure the boat and really secure our belongings. You know, yeah. like at first, we're like, oh, this peg will hold it. And then next thing, like, you hit a bit of seas and like a side like wave will hit the boat and smash. And then next thing, you know, all that pressure. Next thing, there goes your. Your bodies or your towel. Uh, <laughs> what a bummer! Man. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I remember we we kept talking about these islands that were that we had sailed past. Mm. I'm like, I wonder what's back at those islands. Like, it's going to be good fishing. Yeah, it's going to be good spearing. You know, and it's going to have fish. And it was getting to the point where our supplies again low because we had no fresh produce. Like mm. you, you know, you go to a, a village, you buy some produce as much as you can, and that that's going to last as well. What and would then, they? Well, like would they have like Asian greens? Yeah, is what greens, carrots, 
you're getting garlic, ginger, the little onion, little shallot onions. Oh, cool. Yeah, heaps yeah. of greens and everything. But you're just getting what you can, yeah. you know, that's going to last. And so I remember we're in the, anchored in this bay and we're like, let's go up and check out those islands. It's only a day sail back north. It's, it's good. And we're looking on the, on the map. I'm like, yeah, it looks like we can anchor in here. So we go back up and I remember we got there in this afternoon and we anchored and the boys jumped straight off. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's go spearing. So the boys jump off spearing, they're spearing. And then um, oh, Jimmy jumped in spearing and Jai and I are like, oh, let's go, go check these islands. So we go around and we're looking at this wave break, this left on the island. And I'm like, oh, that nearly looks like a wave. That nearly looks like it, but it was just messy and chunky. And we're like, nah, it doesn't. You know, like like if you go down to Lennox Head Point right now with that onshore northerly, it looks shit. Yeah. It looks shit. So yeah. it's hard to imagine that that place pumps. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And we're looking and like, we're like, nah, that's not a wave or whatever. So we're like, oh, I'll go diving. And this is like, so I jump in with the with um, Jimmy and Jai didn't feel like diving. So like, I'm just like swimming around watching Jimmy dive, you know, like spotting him. And Jimmy's diving for some fish and everything. And next thing, Jai comes back and he's like, oi, that thing, like that wave or whatever, it's starting to look like a bit of a wave. I'm, I'm grabbing, getting my board, I'm going out. And I'm like, nah, whatever, that wasn't a wave. Like, nah, I'm not bothering. And he's like, nah, no, I'm, I'm going out, man. And, he's, and, and then Jimmy's like, oh, well, yeah, we'll grab our boards or whatever, but I might spear on that other side. Yeah. So, so we all decide to like jump back in the dinghy and go on the other side of this island where Jai is going to give it a go surfing. And I still remember it started by the time we got back around, we dropped the anchor and Jimmy jumps in to start looking for waves and Jai paddles off and I'm like, just sitting in the dinghy. I was like, oh, I'll just watch Jai for a second. This, it's starting to look like a bit of a wave, like it's cleaning up a little bit. Yeah. And he paddles out there. And I remember being a bit nervous because especially the, the small ones drain so hard on the inside of the reef. Because it was such a small island, the wave wrapped around the island. Uh, and right at the end, the two cool. swells had collided together. So it didn't, uh, it was just one big mess ball. Oh, so it would actually come around both sides of yeah. the island from the wave yeah. that hit the so island. So there was a right on the other side and a left on this side, but the right didn't really break because it was over such shallow reef, which was just a big ball of whitewash mess. But this left looked like it had more of a channel next to it. Yeah. But it just looked like a big mess. And then Jai's like, oh, I'm going to give it a go. But it, it started cleaning up a little bit and the tide must have been changing. And so I just remember Jai paddles out and sits out there. And I'm just watching him. And next thing, this set comes. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen here? And then next thing, he starts paddling for it. And this set just like doubles up and jacks up on the reef and cleans itself up. And Jai just takes off. And I just remember he does these two big pumps and then just goes, boom, hits the air and does this huge alley-oop. There's a photo of it. There's a photo of it on, on that reel that I did. Uh. And, does, and we're like, what the fuck? Next thing I'm like, all right, I'm out there. So I grab my board, paddle out, and it just started just cleaning up and clean it up, and it just turns into this freaking pumping left-hander. And uh, I don't know, like, this is something, like, I shouldn't really say where it is. Like, I've kind of mentioned, like, the area, but it's just, like, I don't know. The, thing, the cool thing about it is that all the other oddies that had been sailing there for years, no we mentioned it, it and we don't – and we, I can't say it hasn't been surfed. Yeah. But the thing is, in our mind at the time, it hadn't been. We we're surfing yeah. a place that, like we'd found a wave. We're surfing it for the first time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that actually, that feeling that I got from that, that's one of the big reasons why I go to the art, like where I go up to Iceland and, and those places to surf because finding a wave and like just giving it a go and seeing what happens is like the feeling's like so adventurous and so cool. But like, so we start, so now like it's just this cheering, like just like, oh my God. Like, so um, we have this amazing surf on Sunset and get some really cool photos. Boys are ripping. We're all surfing really good. 
And we go back. I think Jimmy ended up catching some fish. We go back, get up the next morning. Yeah, let's surf and spear. And I, I remembered, um, I remember the boys. This is when it first, first hit me because our supplies are starting to get low. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we need to go to a village soon. But it didn't look like there was any villages around. And so the next day, we we go to surf and we surfed in the morning and then it went shitty again. So this way we worked out it only works at a certain tide and with the wind a certain way. Mm. So we surfed in the morning, it was really good again and then it just went shit and looked like nothing again. So we decided to dive. The boys are diving, I can't kill fish. I'm like, I tried to, but I'm having nightmares. Every time I go spearfishing, I'm having these freaking nightmares and I'm like, I can't, I just can't kill an animal. And the boy's like, oh, you pussy, you're a man. I'm like, I can't fucking kill an animal. I've tried before and I just have nightmares. Every night I'm having nightmares of fish and blah, blah. So I'm like, and now I'm starting to feel because our supplies are getting low and the boys are going every day getting fish. They're yeah, feeding you're feeling me. guilty, yeah. And I'm like, if I need to pick up my game somehow. And I just remember feeling like so low, like not as much, like not a man. I can't bring anything to the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as because now we're in a primitive mind, we're in a survival situation kind of. We're not like like we're living off the land. Like when someone else is providing for you and you can't bring something to the table, it's like it really demasculating. Yeah, I think yeah. the word would be. And so I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, I'm good at climbing coconut palms, so I'll climb some coconut palms. And so the boys are diving. I was like, yeah, I'll go anchor the dinghy. I'll get the machete. I'll paddle onto this island across the reef, get on the island, climb some coconuts, and. And so I'm thinking, I need to do this so I can bring something to the table. The only place I could see where to get onto the island because of the waves and the reef around it was that end bit where the two waves kind of collide because that's where it's small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, sweet, this is perfect. So I I bring the dinghy down to the bay where it's like kind of chill Mm. and anchor it. And I jump off with my surfboard and I get the machete and it's our only machete. And I put it. So did you anchor the boat? Yeah, our dinghy, yeah. Yeah. And I've put the machete on my stomach. Like as in like I've leant against it on, along my chest and I'm just paddling towards the shore. And it's all like cool. I'm, pa- I'm paddling over this shallow reef and I've just got to go like 20 meters to get to this shore. Yeah. And I, I'm paddling around and the next thing, the water starts draining out from under me. And I look and the two waves from each side oh, are coming no. to collide at me. And so the next thing, they've come and just collided and hit me. And I've just got a nailed. And because I've got this machete on my chest, I'm like, shit. Like, and then I've lost the machete. It's dropped and getting washed down across the reef, and now I'm trying to find it, panicking, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my god, I've just lost our machete. The boys are out getting me food now. I've lost our machete, and I'm like, fuck, all right, I've still got to get coconuts. So then I go and I freaking climb all these coconut palms, which is so hard to do. I get all scratched up. I drop all these coconuts, which now I've learned. Whenever I climb coconut palms, I try and put like a shirt on. Yeah, my long- stomach. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You get so cut up. And now also what I do is I find one with heaps of coconuts and I get up in it. I stand up and I drop all of them where I used to climb up and get one coconut and drop it at a time. Yeah. And like twist them and and snap them off. So the whole time you're holding, you're on your core trying to hold yourself in the tree. Now I just climb up into the top of the canopy and just kick them off or cut them out. Yeah. So it's just way easier. But anyway... I've dropped all these coconuts, and by this stage, the swell's picking up. That is getting gnarlier. Oh, no. Now I've got like six coconuts, and I'm freaking now I've got to paddle back to the dinghy, and I've got my surfboard and everything. So now I'm suddenly jumped in the water, and I'm trying to get across this reef, and waves are just hitting me. I'm losing the coconuts. They're going oh, everywhere. No. I'm sitting there, and I get back to the dinghy, and I've only got one coconut left. <laughs> I've dropped them all, and I'm just so deflated, man. Like, I'm just so freaking you lost the machete everything's yeah. gone yeah, yeah and i'm and i'm sitting there 
And I'm like, fuck, I've got to tell the boys, like, you know. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting on the dinghy, because now I'm on the inside of the island, which is closer to the mainland, which is the mainland was only like 500 meters. Yeah. And I'm looking, I see this guy, this guy walking along the beach with a freaking wheelbarrow. And we're watching him, and I go, and I'm watching him, and he just comes down off this path, and he's filling up this wheelbarrow with sand, and then he disappears, and he's just enough to see. So anyway, we go back to the boat. I go back to the boat. I pick the boys up. They're spearing. They've got all this fish. Yeah. I've got to break the news. I just lost a machete. They're pissed <laughs> off. And I said to them, well, boys, we need supplies. Like, I think there's a village in there. And they're like, no, there's not. I said, no, look, watch. A guy comes down every like 20 minutes, half an hour down on this beach. He's got a wheelbarrow. So we start watching him in the binoculars. Every 20 minutes, half an hour, this guy comes down to the beach with a wheelbarrow. I'm like, oh, let's go find out the story, you know? So the next morning we get up, we surf or whatever, and we see the guy. So I'm like, oh, let's go go to, go to the land. So we go there and we go up and start talking to him. And it's only Indonesian, no, no English. And his job, he's like, yeah, there's a village back. It's 2K inland. And, he, and he's like, his job for the village is that he collects sand. Oh, yeah. And we're like, what yeah, do they do with it? Yeah. Make concrete or something? Yeah, like it's yeah. just like that's how they build the village. It's like he collects sand from the beach. That's his job. So he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll take you to the... And we're like, do they have supplies? And he's like, no, 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 but like we're farmers. Like, no, not farmers. He's like, everyone grows something. Yeah. So he's like, I'll take, I'll take you into the village. And this was what was really cool because I'd lived in... This experience right here is what re-gave my love for Indonesia with me because I lived in Indonesia for so long at the time and I'd worked there. I'd had so many experiences there and I was just kind of drained by mm. the culture at the time and like by me not being accepted ever as a white person, like always, like always just looked at as dollar signs and like, why can't you just look at me as a human? Yeah. And then this exchange with this guy, he didn't look at us as Westerners. He didn't look at us as, he was so village that he didn't know about the outside world. Uh, you know what I mean? There yeah, was no he nothing. He just looked at, he's like, oh, these, yeah. these travelers or these like nomads have just rocked up here and they need, they need food. Yeah. I'll help you out. Let's, let's go and, and find your food. So we follow him back, and I remember we help him with the um, wheelbarrow. And this guy was so fit. He was so fit. Yeah, I was and just going to say, I was going to ask you yeah. that if he was buff because yeah. of all the shit he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we go into this village, man. That's this literally this tiny little village with, like, really primitive huts. And we go through, and, he, and, he, and like, you know, it's a bit of a walk, actually, to it. And we get there, and there's, I don't know, there's probably probably 20 houses maybe at most. But just village and everyone's running out to greet us and see what they are like, you know, just with these and he's we're introducing ourselves to everyone and, and he's like, Yeah, so like what what do you need? And we're like, Oh, okay, we need we need like chili and he's like, Okay, so he t- takes us to the lady that grows chili. Yeah. And we he puts it in the wheelbarrow, he's like, Oh, we need fruit, takes us to people that grow pineapples, takes us to people that grow dragon fruit. And he takes us all around the village and fills up this wheelbarrow filled with produce. Uh. But the thing was where a lot of places, and this is what I loved about this part of Indonesia, is because when you go to places where they used to white people, you know, and you've got to haggle and you've got to, you know, blah, blah, and, and, and talking the lingo really gets you so far. Yeah. But even in a main mainstream town or a main town, you know, things are more expensive. This is just people just living off the land. So, like, we've got money to, to buy these things, and we're like, oh, how much? I think we filled up this whole wheelbarrow. It was something for, like... you know what I mean like we're rocking up and like here's five pineapples it's like oh what do you want for that they're like eight cents 
You know what I mean? Or like they just picked it straight there for us and just boom. But they did they they didn't even have any use for money then. No, like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like they needed money to live. Yeah, but and the whole thing was they didn't even look at us as in trying to make money out of us. They were yeah. looking at us as people that need to be fed. They got something they can give us, just a mutual exchange. That you give maybe us, eight cents was like shitloads of money. <laughs> <just> scam us. <laughs> it's like fuck, man. Look at this two fifty. No, it's just this like. It was just this really loving yeah, yeah, experience, yeah. you know. They yeah. didn't look at it. They looked at it. What they looked at us as human beings. Yeah, yeah. they didn't look at us as Westerners, as being different as anything. They just looked at us as fellow human beings. Yeah, this cool. this one village in yeah. particular, you know, and it just re sparked this love um, in me. Now, anyway, we um we set off sail again, and we go out. We're sailing down Similu, and there's an island off Similu called Similar Similar Chut. And you can look that up. It's actually quite a big island off, off similar children. And I remember we anchored it off there because it looked like good diving, good spearing. Mm. And again, I jumped in with the boys, couldn't spear, having nightmares, and the boys are just racking up. They're, they reckon it's one of the best places they've ever speared. And these are like, Jimmy's like a pro spearer, you know. And at the time... Were there sharks in this area? Yeah. Yeah, no, just black tips. Okay. Not, not Like I never really saw... But the boys cleaned up. Like we filled our fridge, we filled our freezer, and we've got all this fish. And we're like, "What do we do?" And this this sparked how I travel now. This literally right now sparked how I travel now. And at this time, so we've we've left this village up north, and we've probably spent another week or two weeks to get down to this. You know, we're stopping in like other bays and surfing, finding ways, surf, you know, diving. And then we go and we dive off this island. But off the island, we could see a town. Mm. on the mainland and we've got all this fish and boys like all right let's go we need to go because we need to get supplies we need rice we need um eggs we need veggies again we need fruit yeah let's go but we've got all this fish and like well, what can we do and like well let's go trade it let's was go trade your, the fish or go sell idea? the fish no it was jimmy's because jimmy lived years ago when we used to live in western bar jimmy lived in a tent there for like eight months with no money just with his spear gun and he would just go in the village and sell his fish he'll just surf and then go sell his fish you know what I mean? He'd yeah. go in and he was making enough to like live yeah. in a tent in Western Bar. And so he was like, oh, we'll just go. And he speaks, Jimmy and Jai both, and I spoke, spoke pretty good Indonesian, but they spoke, speak really good Indonesian. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're like, yeah, we'll go and we'll sell our fish. And so I remember we go into this village. We, yeah, we sail in, anchor off, take the dinghy to the beach, straight up. People are like, who are these guys? You know, it was actually quite a big village. I wouldn't, like it had a school there. There was like a, community hall there was a market there oh, so and we're like a big deal yeah. yeah and so we're like oh we want to go to the market i remember getting in and we got this uh, an orjack like a motorbike to take all three of us and we're on the motorbike we got all this fish and i remember going along and he stops at this school and all the kids run over there's a photo there's a photo on my instagram my hair's a bit long and i'm standing there and i'm shaking um a kid's hand and there's a big group of kids around me and because these kids everyone was just so because white people don't go to these places yeah, no, they were, you know what I mean. Yeah, never. And everyone's just running up to like find out what we're about and what we're doing and like all this stuff and like we're like, yeah, well, no, we're going to the bazaar to the to the market. We're going to sell our fish. And man, the footage of this is insane. So we walk we we walk into this market, which is like veggies, fish, like meat, you know, like a proper big market, all there, like an Asian market, you know, yeah. the smells, everything. And we walk up and say to this merchant, hey, we're looking for someone to, to sell our fish to or to trade. We want, we want veggies. The first guy goes, oh, I'll trade you some veggies for that fish. And we're like, 
yeah, yeah, okay, perfect. We want that. And then next thing, this guy steps in and goes, no, 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 I'll give you this much for it. And the guy, and we're like, oh, hang on a second. Like, this and this other guy. The next thing, I was like, well, how much fish do you have? And we're like, we pull out and we've got these huge fish, man. We've got like huge, like coral trout, um, jackfish. Like, so they were really stuck. Yeah, and next thing, this guy's gone from doing a deal of like trading, like, oh, some veggies, and that's exactly what we needed to this guy going, nah, like, I'll give you this much. And then this other guy's like, no, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. And so I remember Jimmy just going, going, righto, let's bid, highest bidder. And we get this, he gets a, um, I think he stands on a crate and holds each fish up. And there ends up being like, I'm talking like 100 people in the center of this market, all screaming, all grabbing, like going, bidding for our fish. Man, I've got this on footage. I remember I filmed some of it on the, and it's absolutely insane because it's like we, we like literally went into a market to a random market on some village and like started an auction for our fish uh, and all the villagers like most money wins kind of thing and like we sold all our fish and then um we sold all our fish and then yeah bought all our veggies but that sparked the idea of trade yeah. for us so now it became okay spearing we can spear and we can sell our fish or we can trade our fish yeah you know what i mean and we can trade it to villagers to get to get supplies, to get rice, fresh produce, eggs. Yeah. So we're like, all right, but I'm still having this problem where I can't spear. Ah, so the boys are making money and you're just like, you know. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a man up here. I can't, I can't do it. And then I would have talked to you around this stage. So anyway, let's say another six weeks goes by or whatever. We're sailed down. So you still aren't spearing fish. I'm still not spearing fish. Even after I'm this fishing whole... and I'm not catching anything. I'm a terrible fisher. Like now I'm a spear fisherman. <laughs> like now I can say I'm a spearer and, I, and I, I can say it's a skill that I'm pretty good at. Yeah. But then, no. And so I remember... We sail into the south of Similu and off the coast of the south of Similu is an island called um, Palau Tepe. Yeah. Tepe. Palau Tepe. And there's a wave there that we've heard about. And there's a wave that I've dreamed about surfing for ages because it was on a surf, surfing vid called Galactic Tracks. Mm. But no one, that no, they never said where it was. All we know is that they sailed north from the Mentawai. And yeah. it was the quick, it was um, Quicksilver team. No, it was Rye Craig. Aussie Wright. There was a few guys. Rye Craig, Aussie Wright, Dingo Morrison, um, Rasta, I think. Yeah, Rasta, oh, Craig Anderson cool. and Galactic Tracks. And I had the Quickie Silver team years before when I worked in Western Bar. They stayed at the surf resort. And Rye Craig and I got along really well. And I said to him, dude, where's this wave? And I showed him, like, where's that wave you went to? And he's like, dude, I have no idea. Is they sailed overnight? He's like, we're in the Mentawise. All I know is they sailed north. There was some island, blah, blah. Yeah. Now we've gotten word and we've seen in our diary that there's this really good way, big right hand barrel, but it works on this certain angle. Yeah. And it says don't surf it on like a, I think it was like a south swell. It needs to be southwest from memory or the opposite way around because yeah. it's too straight and too heavy. But these guys in this surfing fit had it perfect. So anyway, we're like, let's sail to there first and try surf this wave. Mm. And we sail around the island, we see the wave, and it looks like it's like two three foot and we're like oh, okay perfect we'll sail on the other side of the island we'll anchor let's go surf it and then after that we'll head into into the bay on the on the main island which is like maybe four hour sail across so now we're anchored off palau tp and we get in the dinghy we take the dinghy around and because it was like two or three foot i'm like oh i'll just take my little board my five eight looks fun yeah we get around there it's actually it's like huge. six foot south heavy straight on this ledge and the boys being the boys they, you know, they're easily, they could easily be 
be pro surfers. They're so good. Like I, you know, at the time I was surfing really good, but no, like these boys just, and I just remember I was just going the small ones and pulling back because I had this little board. I remember the fins trying to hold in. I'm taking off and like even four footers, like suck it, like still stand up barrels, but not the big ones. Like, taking off just trying to hold my fins in and like getting barrel and coming out and the boys are just getting these big ones like these huge ones and i'm thinking it's right on this on this ledge uh, if you fuck up fuck, you're man. done man yeah, you know yeah. what i mean i'm just like it's getting heavy and i'm just like cheering the boys on the boys start amping me going come on man i know you got this because i've started whinging that i've got the wrong board <laughs> you know i'm being a little yeah. bitch man. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and so i'm like oh, i've got the wrong board i need a bigger board and my mate's like don't worry about it just go for it and then I remember this bomb came. I still remember this one wave and I just kind of backdoor and I took off and dropped down and just stood in it and just got this sick keg and then popped out. And I was like, cause I remember you had to get straight out of them because it, it bent on, because it was the wrong direction. It bent straight on this ledge. Yeah. So you could pop down, get this stand up keg and you'd, they'd either close out and you'd have to get straight out or you'd have like a door to get out the back of. Yeah. And then every so often a real good one with that right angle would come through and you just saw how amazing this wave was and how heavy it was. For everyone that's gone there since that I've met that's ever surfed it, they go, fuck, that's a heavy wave, you know. <laughs> and anyway, so I start getting my confidence up because I've got this one, the boys are getting real good ones and I've just suddenly opened my account, you know, I've gotten some really good one and I've, I've started going bigger and taken off and, on ones and then I just remember I got too cocky. Still not even a level. I just took off on one that I thought I had, took off, pulled in, standing up, and the next thing it's just eating me. And I just remember getting picked up and just slammed on the oh, reef and then getting fuck. dragged up. Next thing, I feel I feel the leg rope pop. Oh, I'm like, no. fuck. Next thing, I come up, I'm getting dragged up this reef ledge and my leg rope's – I'm watching my board just – so I've actually had to climb up through – I'm getting nailed against like this, this reef because on the beach was like rock ledge that it broke on. It wasn't a beach. It was like rock ledge. And then like, it was like kind of doing a rock off at the front of like Lennox head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except without the cliff, it was like rock like that, like flat rock or like flat rock off the back of flat rock. Oh, and I've gotten yeah, pushed up on, yeah, onto. Yeah. Oh, so you got, yeah, you're on it. Mm. And oh. I remember there was, there was a little village there that maybe had like 30 people living in it or something. I don't, I don't know how met, but a really small village. And the kids, they've all come down to watch us surf. So these kids run down and got my board. I remember being again so deflated, like sitting there. And um Yeah, sitting there and, and just watching the boys get a couple and I was like so I was shaking. I was like, fuck, is I got Yeah, blown. you would have been hurt. And then and then so anyway, we, we get back in, we get in and we go around. We're we're cheering about how good of a session it was, but you know, it was magic, you know, like we found this wave, we surfed really it was insane watching the waves break through, you know, it was only us. Yeah. And there's six foot perfect barrels coming through, really heavy. <laughs> you had to pick the right ones. And straight I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait to go back and surf that wave on the proper swell the proper angle because to be honest it was a bit freaking scary the angle that we surfed it on yeah but um so we've gone back to the boat and we've pulled anchor and we're like okay now we need to go back to we need to sail where we haven't yet into this bay across the south of similu where all the surf camps are there's a little bay there and there oh, it's where the wave is dylan's right and there's ranu surf camp on the tip in front of dylan's right and this is when when surfers go to similu where they all go yeah they all they fly into um they fly into Simla or fly into Medan. I don't know where they go and get, a, get and get a ferry across from the mainland out to Simla, and this is where they stay. So yeah. we knew this is where we're going to get supplies. There's waves around there. There's other Westerners. We knew that was going to be yeah. happening there. So we knew that we we're going to be there for a week or so or, or longer. And so, how long from this wave that you got that was really good? 
to this place where you're going, how much? About a four-hour sail. Oh, okay, it's not, yeah. Yeah, so we're pulling anchor and we're like, start sailing. And we pull anchor and we start sailing into this bay. And we get about halfway in the channel. Like, literally, we get probably dead halfway. And we turn around behind us and we're looking at the horizon. And one of the most scariest visions still of my life is the most huge, like, the biggest storm system. Like, you can't see the... The ocean. I just remember like looking at the horizon, you could see the bottom of the horizon. And then from there was this huge black cloud that went all the way up as far as you could see. Oh, it was just coming out as huge black cloud. I remember fuck. sitting there and we're like, boys, what do we do? Like, fuck, we're halfway. Like it's, and, and Jimmy's trying to work it out. He's like, that's going to hit us in like 15, 20 minutes, guys. Like, fuck, like we're, this is like insane. And, and we're sitting there like, do we turn around? And we're trying to look and we're like, fuck, we're about halfway. And like, where we'll anchor before... Uh, that could that was pretty safe and we don't know how good this bay is we know it's a bay you can anchor in but we don't know you know like what that's going to be like and we're sitting there and jimmy's like oh fuck i don't know what to do and we're like and jimmy's gone let's just let's just punch it for this bay we're halfway we're going there you know let's just just head for the bay so we're like all right so because of that first storm that we hit yeah and the bimini got ripped up our heads our main got ripped up our head sail got ripped up you pulled down sails. we're like all right boys yeah straight up storm we're yeah, getting ready. Yeah, and, we're, and we're prepped for this we're like all right we're about to get hit by a serious storm here boom all right let's um drop the mains so straight up we drop the main we tie it even down into its bag get rope tie it down we tied um ropes around our bimini yeah like we did like a zigzag of ropes around the top of it to try hold it oh, so keep it from flap. lifting off yeah. yeah yeah and then our head sail we've pulled halfway in yeah and, uh, and so now, that's what you're running yeah. on is your head sail. yeah and, and now we're it. motoring and got the head sail and we're sitting there and like but we're towing the dinghy we didn't have time to pull the dinghy up because we used to have these winches off the back of the boat where we pulled the dinghy up yeah and then just hang but it, it takes it yeah it takes about i don't know 15 20 minutes to do the whole thing we only do that for big passages yeah and we're going we've got another two hours or hour and 40 to get into this bay and we're like so we're punching for it right so we're going for it come on come on and the next thing i still remember this storm hitting us just just suddenly just boom and gone from being able to see to being suddenly in this huge just engulfed in this huge storm i've got a photo actually i should put it online i've got a photo of the how like just that black cloud coming at us and how scary it looks it looks fucking terrifying you know what i mean yeah and so next, we get hit by this storm and straight away the boat goes on the side. It just goes straight on the side, the head's in the water. I remember I'm standing on the rails. I'm standing on the rail. So you're laying, the boat's actually laying, laying on the 90, side, 90 90 degrees degrees. From what it I'm standing be. on the rail and I'm holding, trying to hold the um, tiller. And we're just getting pushed sideways. We're just going straight sideways. Now the waves start picking up. And the waves are coming from behind us, so the dinghy's getting picked up by the Throwing waves and just getting slammed into the back of the boat. Now we're oh. all suddenly like, and Jimmy's running around trying to like, um, Jimmy's running around trying to like trying to get the boat back up straight. He's trying to get the um the sail out of the water. He's trying to get it in, and I'm just he's just telling me like just like steer left, steer left, like I'll steer to port. So is the water is the water is the sail filling up with water? Yeah, yeah, it's in so the water. So that's holding you down. Yeah. So we're like, and we're just getting pushed sideways by this wind and swell. We're just getting nailed oh, straight sideways, man. And so Jimmy, the engine, the prop's still in the water. It's still going like we're bouncing. And, he's like, and Jimmy's just like, just steer left, steer left, steer left. But I didn't know because it wasn't a pro yachty. Like I had it hard left. And if you go hard left, I think I think from memory, I remember him saying You're like out I had of the water. A, yeah, like it wasn't. Um, it doesn't really do anything. You just get dragged. You got to have like three. Oh, I can't. I can't really remember at the time, but I remember he had it too much. So he's running around. 
And I'm just trying to hold it. I remember, I think I remember at one stage, Jimmy took the tiller. Oh no, Jai took the tiller and I've jumped down, ran down inside the boat and grabbed the three life jackets that we didn't have last time. And I remember handing it to Jai and I remember him just looking at me. And I remember talking to him after he said, that's when he realized it was serious. When I fucking handed him the life jacket and he was like, shit. Like, and I saw it in his eyes. I saw me handing him the eye and like, we looked at each other's eyes and I just remember like that thought. You know what I mean? It's like I could read his mind. He was like, oh, fuck. And so we're engulfed in this huge storm and it's just black rain and everything. We can't see anything. And next thing I just hear Jimmy yell out, where's the land? Where's the land? And we're looking, we're like, where's the land? Like, where's the tip? Because we're going for this bay. We're going, like, we're aiming for this bay. We're getting pushed sideways. And suddenly we look in, we're trying to see the land, but we can't see anything. And suddenly we fucking look. And about 400 meters clicks, we're off the point. We're going to push straight into oh, the tip. No. And Jimmy's just gone, fuck. We're so gonna, you're going to miss the bay. We're missing the bay already. We're, we're going straight into the, into, headland. into the headland. We're going to push straight to the, to the reef. Oh. And so Jimmy started panicking. And all, yeah. all started panicking. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I just remember. And this is our first heave to. And Jimmy's like, oh, we've got to heave to, we've got to heave to. So we got the boat back up. I think he got the sail back up. And what, what we did is... What do you mean a heave to? So heave is to that? is a manoeuvre where you put the tiller one way and lock it in one way and you put the head sail the other way. So the boat actually oh, sits there and you. spins. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. It stays in the one spot. So as the, the wind's pushing you one way, the tiller's steering you the other. Yeah. So it's a great way to stay in the one spot. It's what yachties do in the middle of the night with their sailing by themselves and they want to have a sleep. Right. They'll put a heave to. They'll they'll tie their tiller to one side. They'll put their, you know, and it's and it's going to work till the wind changes. Okay, you know what I mean. Like right. they set it to that. But I remember Jimmy being a fucking brilliant as he is. Like Jimmy's so good at manning up in situations. You know what I mean. And I felt like I that's something that I've grown into now. Yeah, that was I was out of that ball game then, and it wasn't. I didn't know. I was way too out of my comfort zone to know how to man up for those situations. Mm-hmm. Jimmy just fucking well, he had to as the captain, I suppose. But it's like now, like the last sailing trips I've done in storms, I've known how to just man. Like you got to deal with it. Yeah, but I was learning how to deal with that. Like I was learning how to be a capable human. I think yeah. that's one thing this trip really taught me is learning how to be a capable, really be capable. You know what I mean? Like as much as I was before, like nah, like this really put me. You know, this, this is really life is like, and death. Yeah, man. it's like this now it's like, like now I'm like, all right, I'm going to build my own house. Now I'm like, all right, something breaks, I can fix it. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Because anything that broke on the boat, you just had to fix. Yeah. So I remember he got us into a heave too, and we sat there for like maybe an hour in this storm, let it and like until it eased off a bit. So you don't go anywhere near that point anymore. No, nah, no, nah, like you could, but we, he got us in a good position. Like I think we had the engine on, like it was all, but it was still scary. Like we're still like you know we're playing the game with it. Yeah. Anyway, we got to a point where we could start motoring again and go and get into this bay. But by this stage, like the storms kind of died off. It's still a bit windy. It's still raining. But the seas are huge now. The, the aftermath of the storms st- stirred up the ocean so much. Yeah. So now we're going into this bay and it's just, we try and anchor and we're just like, there's just swell coming into this like bay and just smashing the boat. It's bouncing up and down. So straight up. The Wait a minute, what happened to the dinghy and all this shit too? Oh, we we're going to cut it off. Yeah. We we're going to cut it off. And when we started heave two in it, yeah. actually we we're going to cut it off. And then what we did, ah, yeah, that's right. what we did is we tied a longer rope. We grabbed a longer rope, like another 30 meters and pushed the boat back and dropped it back. So instead of it being like 10 meters behind us, it was like 40. 
yeah, yeah. getting dragged. So it was getting smashed down the ocean by itself, but it wasn't like it was when it was getting picked up by waves, it wasn't smashing into our boat. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. we still thought we were going to lose it. Jimmy said he thought he was going to have to cut it off. He's like, the dinghy's done. We're cutting it off. Like, but, um, but that kind of worked. So we didn't, didn't have to. But, uh, so we get into this bay and we drop anchor. So when you drop your anchor on a boat, then you put a little hook in the chain and then tie that hook back to the boat. So the whole chain isn't being pulled on the boat. It's being pulled on that. Um, fuck, how do I explain this? I'm not a yachty because I can't remember the freaking terminology. I can't remember so the, the freaking this, hook. This hook, where is it hooked to? Is it hooked to the boat? Okay, so you got your cleats up the front of the boat, yeah. which you tie things off to. Yeah, yeah. And you got your, your anchor. Um, you got your winch, yeah. right? So the chain comes out of your anchor hatch. Right down the bottom, it's like bolted to the boat, like to yeah. a panel. Then it goes through the, the anchor winch, yeah. which you drop it on and then uses to pull back up. But that's just a pulley system. So if you just are anchored on that, all that weight of the boat is just pulling on that winch. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. pulling on the actual bolt of the boat itself. So what you do is you have a little freaking, I can't remember the name of the little thing. It's like a little hook. You hook it in the chain and then you cleat it back. You know what I mean? It's The hook's connected to a little rope. It's normally like three meter rope or whatever. Yeah. You put it on and then you just like cleat it off the cleat. So then it's like the boat's hold, like the cleat is holding. So the cleat's taken this yeah. punishment now. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as we put that on, it fucking snaps the hook. Oh no. And we're like, shit. So now oh, no. the whole boat, I remember is just like, and it's like reefing on the, the anchor and we can't, um, and we can't pull the anchor up. We can't go into this swell. We can't, we're trying to do other things. We're like, I think at the same time, because it was, we were so, um, it was so wild, we dropped a stern anchor as well because we were getting dragged. We're like, we need to drop two anchors and try and hold us into the swell. Yeah. So we dropped our stern anchor. We dropped our bow anchor. And, but the, it's bounced and snapped our, snapped our hook. So remember, we've got another one and I've had to jump into the water and it's like, okay, we need to get this onto the chain. But because it's so tight, the chain against the um, – because you need slack to yeah. be able to put it on because otherwise it's not going to work because yeah. it's just on the – so I'm holding onto this chain and I just remember I would get lifted out of water by it and then dragged down underwater and like letting the slack of the, of the anchor, of the anchor chain go off and then trying to hook this hook in it. And I just can't oh, so get it. So you're trying to get the – oh, I got you. So you're mm. trying to actually get a, like a loose bit of chain. Yeah. And, and then, we can't get so it. So that – then you put that hook into the chain. So it's yeah. hooked on one part of the chain and you're trying to hook it into another part of a chain. Yeah. And so then you've got a bit of a loop of We even put it. the engine on to try and drive again and we just couldn't get it. We, fi- we finally got it. But then we're, I just yeah, remember again... you could have got killed doing that. Oh, because yeah. Because if that would have snapped on you... Yeah, but you just got it. Like you got it. It's like yeah. that or you lose the boat or, we, or the boat's getting shipwrecked. You know yeah. what I mean? It's getting dragged straight in because our engine wasn't powerful enough to... Push against that swell, you know what I mean? Like, and against that current that was there. So we had to, so we had to do that. But then we'll get dragged. The stern anchor, the two anchors were pulling so much against this swell that the stern anchor was pulling us so much that we're like, "Fuck, we're gonna have to cut this." So we had to cut our stern Uh, anchor and put a buoy on it uh, and get it. So find it later. Yeah, get it, find it later. Yeah. So anyway, now like the next day, calm after the swell, um, we go out and we're surfing. Dylan's right's pumping. This is just perfect barrel. And Fuck. yeah, so now, so now we're finally anchored. We've had a rough night. The next day we get up, we're surfing, it's pumping. We're starting to explore the island. We meet Ranu, who's kind of famous on that island because he runs a surf camp and he takes us to get supplies. He gets the, the yachty supplies. I remember he takes us into this village. Um, we go to this market and we eat. 
the boys ate, I remember I ate this chili that tasted off, like this sambal. And the boys didn't eat it, but we ate the same thing. But I had the chili that they didn't. Yeah. So I think at this stage, we'd been there for maybe a week and a half. And we'd been surfing, surfing all around the island and meeting crew, drinking beers, you know, because there's Western there, staying there and everything. And we're just anchoring in the bay. And um, we freaking, oh, that's right. Because we, we met a couple of, a Swiss guy. Yeah, two Swiss guys that ended up hitchhiking with us. We met him in another part of Indonesia and they ended up doing a trip with us. Chi, the guy's name, legend. I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyway, so we're now in the south of Similu, anchored in this bay, surfing Dylan's right, all these pumping waves. And we go to this night market one night. And we're, we're, what we had done, we had ordered supplies for our next, because once we leave Similu, that was our last big place to get supplies. Because after that, you got Bubby Island, you got the Benyaks, then you got there's nothing until Nias. And we wanted to spend ages around the Benyaks. Yeah. yeah. So, like, all right, we're going to get as many much as supplies as we could. But we had to order shit from the mainland through this Ranu guy. So he's doing it all. He's ordering it. And we're happy anyway, because we're like hanging in around Dylan's right and surfing the, um, the A frame, surfing the peak like a couple of waves around there. And we're having a good time on this island, you know, in the south of Similu. But we go out this one night and eat at this night mark. And the next day, it just goes through me and I get so sick. <laughs> and I'm in bed. I remember I'm in bed the, and it's pumping. It's surf pumping the boys. Are, and it's because this, this swell hit. And the boys are surfing. I can't get out of bed. I just can't. I can't eat. All I can do is throw up. I couldn't even hold down water. I'm just throwing up and, and, and I've got diarrhea. I'm just shitting myself and throwing up. And I'm so sick. And three days I'm in bed missing out on this swell. And the boys are just getting, they're coming back. They're like, surf's pumping, surf's pumping. And I'm like, fucking, this is one of the biggest mistakes of my life that I've learned so much now of like, of my own body. So the third morning, I remember I get up, I'm dehydrated. I haven't been able to hold down water for three days. I haven't held down any food. My body's tense. It's stiff. doesn't have the salt, doesn't have the electrolytes in it. And surf's pumping, but I'm feeling all right. I'm like, all right, I can go for a surf. All right. So... I didn't, th- I didn't stretch out. I didn't drink water, much water, because I was still feeling a bit queasy, but I felt good enough that I could go surf. So I've paddled out, and I'm still feeling pretty shit. So I'm like, I'm just going to wait and just get the good ones, because by this stage, the swell had been dying off. So I'd missed the last two days when it had been pumping stand-up barrels, and now it's dropped to like three, four foot with the odd set. Yeah. So I'm like, I've missed out, and I'm, I, can't, I don't have the energy in me to just paddle and get waves. I'm just going to save it for the big ones. Yeah. So I sit out for ages and every so often a big one comes and, and one comes. I think I get one wave maybe and then I paddle back out. And then this group of old rich guys, like older, like I'm talking like maybe early 50s, late 40s that are staying at the Richie surf camp at the peak paddle out. And there's about five of them. They seem like cool guys or whatever, but it was just us out. We're just having a good time. I'm just waiting for the sets. And finally the wave that I've waited for about half an hour for comes to me and I've paddled and as I've taken off, this guy has dropped in on me, just ah. completely burnt me out of nowhere in the middle of like Indonesia, like in the middle of freaking nowhere and this guy burns me. I've just waited so long and, and I just wasn't, you know, when you're sick, you're dehydrated, you're just you're not, not in the mood. For that. I didn't get angry at him, yeah. but I just wasn't in the mood for it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and so it was boiling on me, yeah. like kind of thing. So I'm paddling back and then his mates started blowing up at him going what are you doing they're going and they're going to me sorry about that dude it's all cool like sorry man like that was way out of line sorry about our mate and i was like yeah and i was just like look i just waited 
like half an hour for that one, man. You know, like I said to his mates and they're like, nah, okay, the next one's yours, man. It's all cool. And this is my freaking ego, man. This is when I was younger, my ego getting into me. Cause I, I didn't blow up at the dude. That was fine. They yeah. said, sorry, but I was just sick. My body was dehydrated. And I just remember thinking, paddle back out. I was like, oh, I just missed that good one. And I'm like, this dude just burnt me, like yeah. whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, I had in my mind and the younger mind and this, and I'm so happy that this doesn't happen anymore. I had in my younger mind that I'm like, well, I'm going to show him how good I can surf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he wants to just burn me, not respect me. Yeah. Well, watch, watch this. You know what I mean? So I'm waiting for this set and I'm like, I'm just going to, and I just had him in my mind, I'm just going to smash this next wave that comes. You know what I mean? I'm going nuts. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I'm waiting, waiting, then this set comes and everyone starts cheering me because now these these guys, are like, you know, they feel bad than being my mate. They start cheering, oh, here's your wave, the one, you know, because the last one got taken off you. Here's your wave coming, here's your wave coming. And so I'm like thinking, yeah, watch this, boys, you know. So fucking stupid how you used to think, you know, and I'm sure like you would have probably thought like this at some stage <laughs> in your life, you know what I mean? Like, fuck, I'll show him. Sure, sure. <laughs> You're like, sure. sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember paddling into this wave, taking off, I think I got a little barrel and then there's this section I just I just remember racing and this section's coming at me and I just went up and it was back before I had knee injuries when I could surf pretty good. Well I thought I could surf well, I could surf a lot better than what I surf now. And I've taken off and I've done this finner. I've just put all this speed and I've done this like air reverse. And I've popped this air reverse and I've landed backwards. And I've landed backwards. I stuck it, and as I'm, I'm now I'm going backwards on my board because I've like popped this air. I've landed backwards. Now I'm going backwards, and because it was the end part of the wave, and there was a couple of bombies of reef there. There was a little bit of sidewash that came back at the wave, and as I'm spinning back around, the board hit this sidewash that was coming back and hit a bump. Pitch. And I've just gone boom as I've half spun around, it's just hit this thing. And so my fins have jabbed, and I've just gone over over the board. But my f- back foot was stuck so f- on the deck grip that my leg stayed that way. And I've just heard oh, this no. pop, and I've gone oh. fuck. And I just remember being underwater screaming, and I've come up. And I remember Jai, the boys are in the dinghy, and I'm like, oh, hey, come get us, boys. And I jumped on. And I'm thinking it was kind of fine. I'm like, oh, just like hurt myself a little bit, but it's all fine. And I get back on and I'm paddling. And I remember I go to duck dive the next wave. It's just a small wave. And the whitewash hits my ankle, the back of my leg. And I just remember my leg just flopping and just going like extreme pain. What I've done, I've got up and now I can't walk. I'm like, fuck, I've just I've done something to my knee. And so we've gone into the mainland, into Ranu's joint to get some ice. Yeah. And there's this American guy there who was a medic. And he's looked at it and he's like, mate. Yeah, he's like, he's like... And I actually got his Facebook details and he told me, he told me like a week later that he knew my knee was done. You know what I mean? But he didn't want to deflate me just then and there. He wanted to give me hope. He's like, all right, what you need to do, you need to go put your leg up, ice it, stretch it, like do these things, blah, blah. And he goes, and he goes to me, but if your ankle swells up, he goes, if your ankle swells up, get to a hospital. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, you know, then you've got a serious injury. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, fuck, no, it'll be right, boys, you know. And so we're getting level ready to leave for to go south towards Treasure to, towards the Benyak Islands. Now, one of the whole my dream of and one of the whole reasons why I bought this boat was to surf this wave called Treasures in the Benyak Islands. I dreamed about surfing this wave, and that was our next main wave. Uh, we're going to surf after this, and so now I've gotten on the boat. 
We've gone on the boat. All our supplies are come. My yeah, leg, I can't walk. I'm just, up. no, not my, my knee. Well, my knee, I can't walk. You know, I'm, I'm limping around. And I remember I'm like, no, nah, it'll be right. It'll get better. Our supplies get there. We load the boat up. We pull anchor and we set sail. And we set sail down for, um, for Bubby Island. And I remember, still remember this island, Bubby Island. And it's known for, because um, it's got pigs on it, Bubby's pig. But it's known for having crystal clear water. I remember it all there anchored in 14 meters of water. I've never seen anything like it of how crystal clear. Well, I have now, like when I was sailing around Tonga and the Minerva Reef and stuff, like how clear water is. But I'd dive the anchor every day for my breath. And there was a wave on the island, but I wasn't surfing. The boys are surfing, but I just couldn't. I was waiting for my leg to get better. I'm just diving this anchor every day. And like, I just dive down, hold my breath. I was just working on doing breath work, diving. And I'd just be standing on the bottom. You could just see hundreds of meters. It was insane looking Whoa. at our boat from underneath. You know, and, and anyway, um, so yeah, about a week goes by since I first did the injury and my ankle just swells up. Oh, it just no. goes fat and purple. My knee's purple. It swells right up. I can't walk on it. I can't walk on my foot, like nothing. I'm like, nah, it'll be right, boys. It'll be right. So we, we sail and we, we sail to Treasure Island. Oh, no. And now... Back to the start of the story when the yachties that were in Malaysia, we've organized to all meet them in Treasure Island. And we've emailed them the last time we've had, we've all emailed yet around this day, around these like few weeks, at some stage in that, we will probably hit the Treasure Island and they've all organized to meet us in there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool. So now I can't surf. I'm not surfing. I can still dive and stuff, but just my leg's not really working, my right leg. So we set sail and we set sail from Bubby for Treasure Island, so the top of the Banyak Island chain. And we set sail, I still remember, it was an overnight passage. You know, it was a bit of a sail to get there. In the morning, where Treasure Island is, there's a left-hander around the corner of it called Cobras. Mm-hmm. And then you come around to Treasures. And I remember we've come around that corner and we're coming in and we start seeing the wave, man. We start seeing the back of the wave and we start seeing other yachts anchored and we're like, you're kidding, we're here with this is Treasure Island, the dream, the dream wave that we've all dreamed of. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking my knee's not that bad. I don't care, I'm going to surf. Oh, you know fuck, what I mean? man, you're insane. No, I'm just, oh, I'm just thinking like, like I knew I couldn't stand it, but I was pumping like, done, like I was just like, oh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and, oh, but it was so painful, man. Oh, my God. I remember being on this palm tree. We went to this random island to get coconuts and just hang out for beers in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a palm tree that went out over the water and I got on it cause I couldn't walk on it. And I got on my, and I like, like went along with my legs dangling on the side of the palm tree yeah. and like just inched myself up. along. Yeah. And Jai walked up on it and he sat in front of me with his legs. And so his legs, our both legs are hanging over the side of the palm, like the palm, but his legs are going inside mine. And then he freaking reached forward and started tickling me. And when he did that, I jolted. And when I jolted, he kicked and kicked my right leg. And it just went the wrong way against that, um, whatever the injury, which I'll tell you in a sec. When I just remember my eyes went in the back of my head and I nearly passed out. I remember I was on the thing and he grabbed my shirt. It was that flush of pain was that bad. that I nearly passed out. (laughs) And, um, and that's when I was starting to realize, well, fuck, this is serious, you know? But anyway, <laughs> it took you that long. Well, no, that you, like I'm on the trip of a lifetime. I'm not going to accept that I just freaking just buckled myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? It. I'm like, I'm making this work no matter what. So we've sailed around the top of treasures, and we started seeing these other yachties. And we're like, oh, we're getting on the radio, boys. We're here. They're like, oh yeah, mate. What the hell? I'm like, yeah. So we come in. I think there was about five yachts 
off near the wave and we're like, all right, this must be where you anchor. So we've come in, we can see the wave at the point. We're like, well, there's one boat anchored in over there and the other four boats are anchored over there. And we're like in the center of them. We're like, huh, I wonder if you can anchor here. And we're like, oh, we'll just drop it and see. So we dropped the anchor. I jumped in the dinghy and went over to this other boat, which we didn't know. Didn't know the guy actually at this time. And I said to him, oh, where we've anchored over there, is that cool? And he goes, oh, it's the swell's picking up this afternoon tomorrow. So no, because there's a bommy right there. So that's why he's like, those boats are anchored over there and we're anchored here. And he said, but here at Treasures, like, he said, there's a big bay, like way in there. And he goes, every afternoon we pull anchor and we go in through the reef. There's a track you've got to do. And he said, follow us this afternoon, pull anchor, follow us in. Yeah. And mark the track on your GPS so you know the track of how to get through the reef. Oh, cool. And then we anchor in there. That's the safe haven. And then we just pull anchor and sail back out here to because you spend the day surfing out here like that's how you do it and he said yeah but you can't anchor where you are now because it waves break there because yeah. there's a bommy there when the swell comes in it goes wide and like it'll it'll feather and break on that bommy but he's like oh you're cool for today because the swell's not big enough and we're like oh yeah sweet so i remember again tried diving now now i can't freaking bring much to the table so i'm like i have to catch fish i have to catch fish and i, I think um i think actually it was in Similu before we left I called my ex-mother-in-law, Janice, and you know yeah. Janice, and she's this very ultra-spiritual lady, and she, has, um, she writes self-help books. She's got the book of Courage to Love Yourself, and I called her, and this is where everything changed for me, and, and even one of the reasons why I live the way that I do now is this conversation. I said, I can't, I can't bring food to the table. Like, these people are providing for me. I can't kill an animal. And she's like, look, honey, like she's, I remember her saying, like, you've got to understand like, how you're living and how important it is like the i remember um a vegan getting up me about when when we we're sailing and, and getting fish in minerva reef we're literally in the middle of the ocean and it was in this really sustainable ecosystem like oh it was just so filled with fish and there was four of us so it could easily sustain us four yeah. right and i remember them saying you're still killing animals and i remember my mate blake who's a sustainable expert explained to me where we are the last point of call was tonga so to get long life vegetables or anything for that passage, right? He started breaking down the energy that goes into every one of those uh, things to yeah. get to even that island of Tonga. You know what I mean? The energy and how much water is used, how many animals die in that and blah, blah, uh, you know, just to make that like those lentils or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, right now you fall off the edge of the boat and go down and shoot a fish that's already bred or that's dropped its eggs or blah, blah. No energy, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like less energy, you know, that yeah. has energy gone into growing that fish, but it's not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So even sure. though I still, it's, and so. Your footprint's way smaller. Way smaller, yeah, like yeah. a ridiculous amount smaller. Now I'm not still not justifying killing animals because this was something that wasn't inside me. Yeah. And I was having nightmares from it, but Janice sat there and talked to me about the circle of life and, and loving the animal and actually understanding what it's giving you. Mm. understanding what that animal's giving you and, you and you can't you've got to respect that yeah and it just completely changed everything in like a like a switch it like it stopped me having nightmares it started me getting to spear and i started like she was telling me go with your intuition don't just go killing things you know what i mean i still do that now if, if i see a fish my gun doesn't go off or, it's, or i'm not ready I'm like oh it's not not it's time to die yeah, you know what i mean fish. it's not yeah. my fish yeah. you know what i mean it's just that understanding the animal so Anyway, so we get now, now I'm like, okay, I've really got to start trying to spear, bring to the table because the boys are so, now I can't, I can't even sit, like walk and shit, I can't climb coconut palms, you know what I mean? And I'm on the trip yeah. of a lifetime and I'm now just suddenly reached my favorite, like the wave that I've come to surf. I'm like, fuck, 
So anyway, I've gone spearing that day. The boys are surfed. It's only small. That afternoon, we've gone on the two-way. All that boats are pulling anchor, and we're going in through the reef. I'm like, ah, right, perfect. So we go to pull anchor, and the anchor's getting stuck on something. And Jimmy's like, dive over and have a look at what the anchor's getting stuck on. So I jump overboard, and I look down, and our anchor is going straight down to the bottom of the sand, and hitting the bottom sand, and then goes under that big bommy that this guy's oh, no. told us about and then gone off to the anchor or gone off to the anchor. So the chain's gone down and under this big bomb. So in the day when we've anchored, we've spun and our chain that's oh, on the ground, no. like this along the seabed yeah, yeah. has moved under this bommy. Yeah. And so now when we're trying to pull it up, it's just getting stuck under the bommy. So we're like, all right, we'll dive down. Let's move it out of the way. Like try to get this chain. Yeah. Do you think we could with like a freaking huge boat on? So like we've, we've, Dove down on the anchor, tried to move the chain from out of this bommy, but no, it's tensioned ah, yeah. on a freaking huge yacht, a 46-foot yacht, aluminium yacht up on the surface. So there's no way we're going to move that chain. No way, yeah. Now, again, you've got to remember we're learning. You know what I mean? In hindsight, I'll tell you what we should have done in hindsight. But anyway, so we're like, all right, Jimmy's like, all right, it was 18 meters of water, so it's deep, and Jimmy can dive deep consistently. And I can, I can hit 18, 20 meters, but not consistently over and over. And Jimmy's like, dive on the anchor, move the anchor out of the way, walk it along. So I go down, I dive, try to pick up the anchor, it's too heavy. Jimmy tries to do it, I'm trying to move it along. And he's like, I remember we're sitting in the dinghy going, oh, fuck, what do we do? And we've been surfing that day. We've been spearing so all our spear gear, all our diving gears, all in our dinghy. And Jimmy's like, oh, I've got an idea. I'll just tie a rope. I'll dive down, tie a rope to the anchor. We'll Let's pull it, pull it fucking bow. up. We'll get the dinghy. We'll drive the dinghy around the freaking bomb, bommy, drop the anchor again, and then pull it up. Yeah. Now, that sounds fucking brilliant. I'm like, whoa, that is a brilliant idea. Let's do that. So he dives down, ties a rope on the anchor. Meanwhile, these other yachties are waiting for us so they can take us through. The guys that didn't think we were going to make it. They're all, all eyes are on us. They're watching us. They're like, oh my God, you've survived the last like few months. You've actually made it down to the, um, the Banyak Islands where you wanted to go. How did you not kill yourself? You know what I yeah. mean? And now the first thing they're seeing is us anchoring and getting our anchor stuck. Fucking up again. And so, but they're waiting for us. So it's all eyes on them. They're all waiting to take us through the reef. Yeah. These five other boats are all like just waiting, sitting there, having a beer in the afternoon, waiting to pull anchor so they can take us in. So we're like, yeah, well, wait, we've got a problem. Just hang five. We'll just, just get this anchor out. out. Yeah. So Jimmy dives down, ties this rope on the anchor. We pull it up. And I remember we pull it up and Jai gets it and he gets it into the dinghy. Oh, no. So now, now we're like, all right, brilliant. Let's start the engine. Next thing, the it's boat, the swell, the swell's moved. And our main, the big boat, our boat, the sailboat has moved backwards. So now there's a pendulum effect happening because... From the anchor, the chain goes down under a bommy, then comes straight back up and is anchored. So next thing, we suddenly just get pulled up. The boat goes on its side and the anchor just goes and locks on to the side oh, of the no. dinghy. And we're like, fuck. And then that swell dies off so that it goes back down. We're like, oh, my God, quick, get it out, get it out. And I remember Jai, but now it's anchored on with all this weight. Jai's like, ah, trying to get it. I'm sitting on the side of the boat trying to hold the dinghy down from tipping. Yeah. And... And Jimmy's going, Jimmy's just yelling at Jai going, get the anchor off, get the anchor off. So I just still remember Jai like screaming, like full, everything he had trying to get these like, ah. And the next thing, the swell pulls us back again and it's just flipped our boat. And we've just flipped. And I still remember watching 
we've all just flipped out of the boat and I just remember the dinghy going upside down, engine on and everything, just getting dragged straight down underwater. Oh, and I remember no. swimming down as fast as I could. I grabbed on the side. I'm getting dragged down with it. And I just start flicking it as it's dragging down. So now I'm getting dragged like to the bottom with this dinghy and I'm flicking it. And I've just gone boom and I've flicked it. And as I've flicked it, the anchor's unanchored itself on the boat and fallen down and then the anchor the the dinghy has started floating up a little bit upside down and we've come up for a breath now all three of us are standing there on our um on our dinghy and like we're standing there and it's like we're about chest deep standing on our dinghy our dinghy's floating underwater still like half floating because under our seats in the dinghy is foam filled foam like we've just lost all our spear gear, our stuff, oh, our boards are no. floating off. I'm like, fuck, what do we do? So we've gotten the dinghy to the surface and flipped it back over, but it's filled with water. It's just like sitting there filled with water. And we're like, fuck. So I'm like, fuck, I'll swim back to the boat. We're, we're yelling at this dude who we just met going, help us, help us. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm not getting involved. Like, yeah, he just, yeah. Well, fair enough. It's just, yeah. Well, so this is, yeah. So now we're just cooking it in front of everyone. We're looking like complete <laughs> idiots. So... Well, I've had to. Um, I'm swimming back to the boat, and I climb up on the boat. Man, I've got a, my legs, my knees busted. Yeah, you know your what I mean. Legs. And I'm just got to deal with it. And so I'm going back, and I get, I get these buckets, jump back in the warm, swimming back, and we're bucketing out the um the dinghy. dinghy water. And um, so, but it, did you move the anchor enough that it's going to not be a problem anymore? No, nah, it's still anchored. Oh, so it's still a problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh my so, um, fucking god. So. Well, you can, so if you would have never put the anchor in the boat, you would have been okay. Yeah. You would have just let it hold on the side and you could have dropped rope or whatever enough to... No, no. Nah, nah. Well, we figured it out. We figured it out because of this. Yeah. So... <laughs> oh, my God, man. So we get all the water out of the dinghy. Yeah. But the engine's not going to start. Yeah, no oh, it's flooded. Everything's fucked. I'm like, oh, my God. So we get the dinghy back. We're tight. What are we going to do? And Jimmy's like, oh, well, we'll just unattach the anchor from the boat the chain from the boat and we'll just he's like tonight we'll just drop it on a buoy and then we'll just use our stern anchor tonight and we'll get it tomorrow i was like oh why didn't you think of that (laughs) 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 so we've gone up the front of the bow taken that unattached the anchor from the actual boat yeah dropped the anchor on a buoy so it's floating so it's holding it up yeah so it's there and then pulled anchor because we're losing light yeah. Sailed in with these other guys, found the route, and then used our stern anchor to anchor that anchor, night. Yeah, yeah. These guys are just looking at us like, oh, God, what images? They're like looking and shaking their heads. They're like, how did you survive down here? Remember that night we got on the piss with everyone? I remember I slept in the sail bag. I was so drunk. I slept up under the stars in Bennett because, yeah, we got pretty drunk that night with all these yachties. And the, everyone's just like, how have you guys survived? Fuck, <laughs> because the first thing we do is to sink our dinghy in front of everyone. You know what I mean? So now we've lost all our spear gear, our flippers, our, like all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, it's all right. There's, tomorrow we'll go back there. We've got to get our anchor. We'll get the gear too. We'll get the gear. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now we've got the chain instead of the anchor. We can go back out with our dinghy, grab that buoy and just take the buoy around yeah. the chain. And so it was easy. So we got it. Yeah. But now we're looking for all our stuff. And so the three of us are out diving. And but I can't consistently dive. So Jimmy is. So we've got to spot him. And Jimmy's like breathing up, breathing up. Dive. We're looking around like, oh, there's a spear gun. Dives down. I think we got nearly everything back except for one flipper, like one big dive flipper. You know, like a really good one that we couldn't find. But I remember because um, zinc and sunscreen, you can't really buy in Ind- Indonesia. And if you yeah. ever do, especially you can buy it in Bali and stuff because it's tourists. But yeah. not not in Indonesia. Like not in. 
up in Sumatra and stuff, they don't have it. Yeah. And if they do, because locals don't eat it, and if they if they you ever did find it, super expensive, super expensive. So we're, they were stuff that would get loaded up, and when anyone would ever come do trips with us, we'd get put in a full on um, order and get like sunscreen, like body extra stuff, leg ropes and stuff, get people to bring over for us, and they'll do on trips with us. But I just remember Jimmy's diving. I'm like looking along. <laughs> There's something, yep, dive down, dive down. He's diving down, getting everything. Di- constantly diving 18, 20, 22 meters, you know, diving to get our stuff back. And then I remember he comes up and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's everything. And I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. I was like, you forgot the zinc. What about the zinc? Go go get the zinc. And he just turns. He's like, you fucking dry touch. <laughs> dry diving 20 meters <laughs> over and over. He's like, fuck the zinc. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. I was like, all right, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Whoa. So... So we spend, uh, okay, so then the next day the swell hits. Now I'm the cameraman. So, so the next you guys, day, you guys, you got your boat, all, it's all yeah. put back together. It's all you put back together. I had to shit. Did you get the dinghy running again? Okay, I had to spend the whole night up flushing it out. I had to take everything apart, flush it out, like run water, through, like fresh water through it, um, wash it all down, WD it all up, oil everything, and change the spark plugs, like bleed it, like everything. I had to get it, and I got it going. So it was Whoa. all good. I, just, I spent the night doing that that first night. We've got the anchor back. We've got our stuff back. So everything's everything's back to, back to normal. One, yeah. Now the surf's for one hit. flipper. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now the surf's hit, and it's six foot, perfect freaking barrels. Just us and the yachties. And this but, is Treasure yeah, Island. And by this stage, my foot's purple, my knee's purple. It's blown up. I can't even walk on my leg because I've been irritating it so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been doing all this stuff, and it's not getting better. It's just getting worse. I can't even, can't even stand on my right leg. You know, it's like I've got to up like trying to sleep at night like move around any little movement just boom like fuck like so so much pain so the boys like surfs pumping oh the swells finally hit now we're seeing treasure island like the wave treasures proper start pumping we're like oh my god and oh i can't surf you know like this is actually so depressing for me it was so hard (laughs) i remember talking to like calling you at stages about this because it's so hard like being so injured on the on my dream trip like everything like i had my girlfriend wasn't even talking to me because i i left to go on my dream trip yeah yeah you know what i mean like i'd I'd compromised so much for this trip and now i've hurt myself and you know like the universe throws things at you and and it's all a lesson but but i'm there and i'm just now i'm the cameraman so okay cool i get to be the cameraman So now I'm watching my two best mates go wave for wave in these perfect barrels. And I remember the, this inside section looked like, because the outside section was a bit heavy, you'd have to get off and race, 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 and then you'd park up and it'd hit the inside ledge and just pull, and you'd pull in. And the boys started sitting down the inside bit where they'll just take off and just pulling into these perfect barrels. And I'm thinking, like, all I've got to do is get to my feet on that takeoff and all I've got to do is stand there. That's sweet. I can do that. And so I'm strapping my knee up and I'm going, and I start yelling out, give me, give me a board. And the boy's like, no, you're not surfing. Like they're, they're actually looking out for me. And I'm like, and it's pumped. Like it was one of the hardest things I've had to do in my life. I'm standing there taking photos of my mates, get the best waves of their lives. And I'm sitting there and I can't even stand on my right leg. And I'm like, nah, give me a board. So I start yelling, like getting angry. Give me a fucking board. Give me a board. I'm surfing. And they're like, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. So they wouldn't, they refuse to give me a board. I'm getting so angry. Give me a board. And they're like, nah, nah, you're not doing it, man. You you can't. Like your legs. 
And um, so we're sitting there and we're, we're surf, so we're there for the swell. But after this, it's like, because we're looking up, we're asking other yachties, where's the closest hospital? Yeah. And the closest, ho- and the whole thing was, we'll see how it goes over a week, a couple of weeks. By this stage, it's three weeks. And it's not like, going to get and it's, better. And it's going yeah. worse. And they're yeah. like, the boy, we've sat down, we're like, all right, now nah, we're going to, we're going to leave the Benyaks, man. We're going to, we're going to sail. Like at this stage, we've spent time in Treasure Island. We've gone and we've sailed into the Bay of Plenty and anchored there, which is another bay in the Banyaks, which got really good waves. And I was um, going out and paddling and like surfing, just laying down. But again, any side movement or duck dive or anything hitting my leg, I just couldn't do it. So I'll just spend the time spearing. And I remember we were there. And we're like, no, nah, we're going to have to go to the hospital. And at the same time, we ran out of food. We completely went dry of everything. We're just Whoa. like completely. So waves are that good, and we had used all our supplies, all our rice, and we got down to all we had was flour, and we had oil and spices. And Jai, being a chef, we just started making bread, and he was making yeah. dips with the oil. Oh, it was brilliant. But like, yeah, so we're like, all right, we'll run out of supplies. There's not many fish around here because, like, yeah, we'll just catch fish. That wasn't a problem. But then, in the Bay of Plenty, there's no fish. We're in the Bay uh, of Plenty, like, which it's called the Bay of Plenty because it's got three pumping waves in this one bay. Yeah. And we're like, there's no, okay, there's no fish here. Well, there wasn't fish when we were there. And we're like, all right, we've got to set sail for Nias. I think it was like another day and a half or two-day sail, maybe south. And there's a, and there's a hospital there. So I was like, all right, we've got to get Aaron to, to the hospital, find out what's going with his leg. So right, so we set off sailing for Nias. And overnight passage, and I remember we, we get into Nias and, and anchor up and straight up go to the hospital. And this is also the first time we got phone reception or anything. So I go to the hospital and, and um, I go in there and I remember I'm sitting there talking to the, I'm in the hospital room and I'm thinking like it's going to be a hospital. I heard it's a nice new hospital. Yeah. Right. That's what we got told. Hey, Nias has built a new hospital. That's where you need to go in Gunnensatoli, the town Gunnensatoli and Nias. They got built a new hospital. That's where you need to go. And I'm like, sweet. That means I don't have to go to the mainland. I can go to this new hospital. Get down there. It's like a new hospital. It doesn't have any facilities. It's just one big open room, just hospital bed, but it's like a newer building. It's like a no, like it's, and I go, and it's just village doctor still pretty much. And I go in to see this doctor and she's looking at my leg and she's like, oh, no, no, it'll be fine. Like just, we'll just wrap it up real tight. And which I found out after that's the worst thing to do. That's the worst thing But I'm sitting, I'm sitting in this hospital in Nias. The boys are waiting out the front for me. I'm in there, consultation in this room, in the emergency room. It's in there talking to the, I think there was, there was a doctor in front of me and three nurses. And I'm sitting there and next thing, there's all this screaming happening. And I think I've told this story in a podcast before. There's all this screaming happening behind me. And I turn around and there's this family over a young girl. And the girl, and, I, and I'm like, I'm seeing all this screaming there, like yelling and like, going, help, help. And the, no one's doing anything. And I turn around, I was like, is is someone is she dying is she did she just die and they're they're like oh yeah no no they, that girl just died and i was like what we're gonna do something and they're like oh no no drug overdose happens all the time and they just were like i was like what the this young girl she i think she was like 14 or 15 and no one's trying to revive her no one's trying to do anything just solid blase just not nah, no nah, nah, she died just then right there behind me and i'm sitting there and they're like nah like there's nothing you can do I'm sitting there. So now I'm suddenly like in here with this person like telling me like, nah, my leg's fine or whatever. Like my leg's fine. 
my legs fine. This girl is just died behind me. No one's doing anything. I'm sitting there like, what the hell is going on? It's traumatic. Like, like this family, like a mother and sister and dad screaming, like punching this girl's chest, like screaming over this dead body of this girl that literally just died. I'm sitting there like watching, like death just got in front of me. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So we leave. We leave. I'm sitting there so rattled and so shaken up. No answers. I haven't done anything. Don't still don't know what's going on with legs. So I call travel insurance. Travel insurance, all right, we'll get, we'll get a flight for you. you you got to go to a real hospital in Jakarta. And I was like, yeah, I can't walk. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll fly you out. So I've organized the travel insurance. And I'm like, now I've got to leave the boat and go find out what's going on with yeah, my leg. Yeah, yeah, So, but they can't fly me out for another week. Oh, fuck. So I'm like, all right, so now we're like, all right, well, it's cool because we've got to get supplies in Nias anyway. We want to check out Nias. We're going up to the mountains. And there they've still got all the traditional village up in Nias, especially in the mountains. Now they've got Christian there, they've got Muslim, they've got, what are the, what's the other religion? They've got their own culture, man. Nias, that's where they do that jumping, where they do that running. They, they live in those different huts. They're like off the ground with heaps of like that hay kind of, it looks like horse hair. Yeah. Just, it's a different type of building. It's a different type of culture. We got told that there's some cool waterfalls up in the mountains. And we're waiting to get, I've got, got to wait for this uh, flight. So we're like, oh, we'll, do, we'll go up in the mountains. So we go up in the mountains and we're looking for these waterfalls. Hujang, how do you say waterfall? Hujang Basar? Big water? Oh, I can't remember how to say it. It's, no, rains Hujang. No, big rains Hujang Basar. What the fuck? Er, er. Fuck, I can't remember how to say waterfall. Anyway, so we're driving up the mountains. We hit the rain. We're going up high into the mountains and we're getting lost. We can't find these waterfalls. So, but there's kids everywhere and we pull up on the side of the road and I try and ask these kids and these kids just scream like terrified and run. And I'm like, oh, that was odd. And I'm driving along. Oh, here's some people to ask. Here's some kids. Pull up. Oh, excuse me. Like, you know, speaking Indonesian. Er to jung. Is how you say waterfall. We're asking these kids where the waterfall is. And they just scream and run. And we're like, what the hell is going on here? Next thing we're driving up and we come to this little village and we get out and all the little kids in the village just run just terrified and we're like are they fucking scared of us what is going on here and and we see this house like this really traditional house up on stilts huge huge pondo like huge house with all the black hay ham we see this guy um, sitting in the front and he's um chewing on the 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 beetle nut nut, yeah and we're like oh we'll ask him we go up and sitting oh where's the waterfall and stuff he's like yeah we start talking to him we said why why are all the kids scared and he goes oh the headhunters and I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, the foreigners, they come here and they steal our children and behead them for the gods. He's like, that's how they give their blessings on the mainland. I was like, what do you mean? And he, and he takes us in, inside his house and he's got up against the walls all these traditional spears and arrows. And he goes, yeah, and they're right like it's in the front door and then there's a back door. He's got some spears there. And he's like, he's like this is to protect my family. And I go, what do you like? What do you mean the headhunters? And he goes, he says, what happens on the mainland, the villages up in the mainland and southern Aceh. He said, um, he said the last time it happened, a girl. What had happened was is that they needed they built a new bridge, and they needed to bless the bridge, bridge for good luck for their people. But if they sacrificed anyone of their people, it's bad juju. They, if anyone ever crossed from that bloodline, that bridge. It's black magic. It turns the juju against them. So they need to go far enough, far away to take someone that's so far away where the bloodline they will never go across that bridge. 
So the headhunters will come and come up to the hills near us. Like villages are so far away. For one, it's a different culture to them as well. Yeah. And they'll steal a kid because the younger the blood, the better the sacrifice. Yeah. Wow. And cut the head off and put it on the bridge as a sacrifice to the gods. Are you fucking serious? So they no. put like a stake, like Game of Thrones? Exactly. Shit. No joke. No joke. Fuck. Oh, it's funny, man. Like years ago, I remember being in Sumbawa like years ago, and I remember this tribe in Sumba. My mate had just gone, come back from Sumba, and they just beheaded all these people. And they were on stakes for sacrifices, like on the beach, and my mate saw it. And this was only, so that was like 15 years ago when that happened. That was in Sumba. And so like this is, I was sailing like, what, eight years, six years ago, almost doing this trip. And so this guy is telling us about the headhunters. And so they tell their children that foreigners are there to steal, you know, they're to steal your soul. They're, they're going to cut your head off. They're going to steal you and go sacrifice you, any foreigners. And so foreigners to them, even though they're villagers, any foreigner is from the mainland. Yeah. Like anyone outside. They don't know a foreigner still looks like Indonesia. Anyone from not there. So we're There's going up asking these kids, oh, hey, where's the waterfall <laughs> in a car? And they're like, the headhunters and screaming and running away. Sure, man. Yeah. 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 But that was just an insane, insane experience. Like, so yeah, we, yeah. Oh man, they that was it was so, so amazing. Were these these guys that actually lived there, the men that lived there, were like ready for these. Yeah, kind they're of the guys. protectors. Yeah, they're, they're, any foreigners, they're ready because they, their children get stolen, and it's an actual thing. Wow, man, we, I've got the photos. I'll put some photos. Oh, this is so insane. Like at this guy's house and his spears and the story, but it was all told in Indonesian. It was so beautiful, actually, this moment. I, and we filmed it. We've actually got part of the conversation. Oh, so you actually had this. You I've got part of the conversation filmed. It's so, so wow. brilliant. And the house the guys had, because it was such a unique character, such a unique guy, such a unique village, such a unique culture up there, you know, so different anywhere else that I've been in Indonesia. And so, so anyway, the boys, anyway, the plane comes. It's a single man plane. They've got to fly me to Medan. And then Medan, I've got a first class flight. Sick. Have you ever flown first class? Thank you, travel insurance, to Jakarta. In Jakarta, they put me up in a hotel and I've got to do an MRI. So I've got to leave the boat, man. I'm thinking, all right, boys, I'll catch you. I'll go get this MRI, find out what's going on. I'll meet you, I'll, I'll meet you back. And um, I was either going to meet him. I was just going to get um, a ferry out of, like, fine, like, out, get back out to the boat. I'm like, yeah. yeah, sweet. So I leave, fly over Lake Tahoe. I remember that was an amazing flying over Lake Tahoe. Go to the mainland, Medan, get on a first-class flight. Um, I think Singapore Airlines flying to Jakarta. Get out suddenly. I'm in this city. Come from a yacht. I'm in this city in this five-star resort in Jakarta. Go to this hospital. Get an MRI. Comes back. Yeah, I've ruptured my MCL. The guy's like, there's no, you can't, there's no surfing there's no for you. There's no fixing this. No surfing for you. Like, you're not surfing for four or five months. And I remember talking to you, calling you. Oh, man, that was, yeah. I was so rattled. That yeah. broke me. I was on this trip in my lifetime. And now at the, at, the, at the same time as well, I don't think I'd seen Lexi, my girlfriend at the time, in like four or five months. Yeah. I'd been out on this trip. But I didn't plan to see her for another three months. I wanted to finish the Indonesian season. And it had only, we'd only just been Started, getting into the rhythm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're only like a third of the way of the trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? And next thing I'm like, man, I just remember that I'm, I was so devoted. I remember I was so, this is probably the lost, most lost I've ever been in my life because I was so like, why did this happen to me? My dream trip, everything I'd worked for, everything. I've been dreaming about this trip for years. Yeah. Years. We've been planning it, everything, everything. And like, it just starts happening for me. Everything's happening. And then <sighs> boom, you know? Yeah, sure. 
And so I just remember being so depressed. And so I remember talking to travel insurance and I had already, luckily, I already had a flight booked to Canada in um, three months' time or two months' time to go see Lexi for the off-season. Yeah. To go spend, I think I was going to spend four months in Canada. And then we we're going to do the next season on the boat. And, you know, the whole time I was like, I'm going to convince her to come, you know. But so now I've just, I've said to, I didn't say to travel insurance that I was sailing. They didn't know I owned my own yacht and it was sailing. I said I was traveling through Indonesia and I've buckled. But my next flight, my next travels is Canada. And they're trying to push you to go home. And I'm like, nah, I can't go home. Because once you go home, then you're in the hospital system here. They don't have to do shit. Yeah. It's like, nah, nah, my next trip's Canada. You know, and I was like, I don't feel comfortable. There's like not physio here, you know, there's not all the stuff. And they're like, all right, all right, we'll bring your flight forward. So they flew me to Canada, man. I flew to Canada two months early. And um, they even flew me back when my knee was better to Indonesia because I had a flight. Oh, man. I, and I got a payout of like six grand, actually. It was actually brilliant. Everything worked out brilliant. You actually, they so, fixed you up and everything and gave you six grand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I, don't, I claimed every, I put just put in all these receipts for stuff that didn't even and it because they paid for all. It was actually really good, and that's why I always say to people, you got to have health insurance. Health insurance yeah. when you travel, you got to. It's like that. Just even that alone, that MRI or whatever, that would have been thousands. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. That whole you, flight, yeah. like that would have been like probably eight or ten grand to just that whole thing. I was in the, I was in Nias. Yeah, I had to fly a chartered plane, like a small plane. It was only me on the plane to Medan. Yeah. In the north of Sumatra, and then get on. A, a, they put me first class because of like because of my knee because I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair by that stage. They put me in a wheelchair. It was sick. They were pushing me around the airport, and so yeah, now I've flown to Canada to meet Lexi, and she was living. She had moved to Tofino because she didn't want to do the boat trip with me. She wanted to do her own thing, so that's fine. She's moving to Tofino. She's working in a bar there. So I've just moved over to Canada. I just moved to Tofino. Until my knee, and I remember when I first got there, man, I was in such a dark place because all this. Plus, I had that expectation on my girlfriend trying to fix things with her because she was so she had so much resentment towards me of like leaving her. So now I'm like in this dark place. My dream trip's falling apart. It was even in a way it was like I had resentment towards her that she wanted that to happen to me because she didn't feel bad for me. She just wasn't like oh whatever. Like I'm hobbling around and her. Her attitude was like, serves you right. You know what I mean? Like, she. So, I just remember, and I would have talked to you about this. Within a week of being in the forest in Tofino, it was the most grounding, spiritual opening experience of my life. And how much that island healed me in that, because I went from being in such a dark place to everything just being like, to like this realization of like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And some of the best times of my life, like I've had actually everything, I've been having such a good time, but was those times in Tofino when I couldn't even surf. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Finding beauty in other things. And I was doing the physio, did everything, started surfing again. I spent, I think it was four months I spent there. Mm. And then I flew back to Indonesia and finished the trip with the boys. Wow. And that, so four months, I think, in Canada, which is an amazing time. And I started teaching surfing there, which was really good because I couldn't surf myself, not until the last like few weeks that I was there. I think I didn't surf for three and a half or four months. But I was wading in water, like knee-deep water, and, and then I was riding a bike every day uh, so to strengthen just, yeah, the endo physio. Yeah, yeah. And so that was really good to strengthen up, back up that MCL. I still had to be so careful with it. But then, yeah, I flew back to Indonesia. Four months later, I flew back to Padang. Did you fly back? Did you have a knee brace when you came back? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I and I flew back and then I went from... So the boat, the boys had been from that stage when they left me. So they did Nias, the bottom of Nias. They did the Tello Island region. 
than the top of the mentor wise. Just the two of them. Yeah, just the two oh, and mates. We had mates go and join them, and then I met them back again in the mentor wise in Macaroni's in the south. And so then we did that together. We spent, and that's when we got robbed. Oh, that's a story that hasn't come out yet. All right, so that's the next part of this, actually. (laughs) That's when we got robbed and I put the gun to the dude's head. That's that story. But, um, yeah, and then we did that and then sailed back. So I think, yeah, I think we can leave it at that because it's an hour and 40 minutes. Yes, that's what I mean. This this is a huge part of my life because we took a boat. And, like, even telling these stories now, each little bit, I skip so much. Like, so many interactions with locals, so many experiences in different villages, meeting people. There was villages, like... We would be sitting there and like you're out in the middle of the ocean and like, or sailing, you're just off village and like you start, you get an answer, you want to socialize, you want to party and that. And we'll like, we'll, we'll literally go, I remember going to like discotheques in villages, <laughs> like not even, it was, they're, not, they're not even discotheques. It was like, you go to a village, you're like, where's the party? Yeah. And yeah. they take you to like a room that has like a freaking, that has a blue light with an extremely loud stereo and just drunk Indonesians and you know, we'll just go and dance. You know what I mean? Like so many experiences that we ha- had. It's just like, you know, just, yeah. and just Ruth, like, but just how raw it was, how primitive it was, how, how like wild it was, you know? Were you ever scared, you know, like, like Heaps. in a village? Heaps. Like you just thought, uh, these people, you know, this yeah. is not good, right? That we're here and yeah. this could be a fucking problem. Arche. Arche was, yeah, they didn't like Arche Westerners. Arche is like, they, that's mm. like the Indonesians have killed heaps of people yeah. in Arche. Yeah, you know. the Arches didn't. They got their own. They're their own people. If you call them Indonesia, they ha- if you call them Indonesians, they hate it. Arches. They weren't welcoming on Westerners, but the villages in the south of Arche were with us. Yeah, very um, welcoming, but they just weren't welcoming in the north. And then I remember like one of those actual bar experiences, just getting drunk and like like mentally, I'd say like mentally not mentally stable, really drunk in Indonesia. Indonesians in the middle of the night like when we would go like looking for that disco or into a village or looking for a place to um, have a few beers or something like you know we're in this like primitive villages and there's like some really drunk guy that's like not right in the head and then he like kind of wants something from you you know like yeah Yeah. bails you up like trying to get money out of you and like or something and just like you know like definitely heaps of situations where you really but you had to like that's a lot of people. I know a lot of people would be too scared to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's the same thing. You go, like, when we sailed through Tonga and all the islands, you're rocking up with really primitive people. Like, when you're really getting to these, like, you go to an island, it's like, when we got robbed, the island that we got robbed on has two bloodlines. That's it. You know what I mean? And they, you know, it's like, there's a hundred, I think, and that's a big village. There's a like hundred people. We went to villages that had like 30 people. You know what I mean? Small bloodline. Very primitive. You know what I mean? Spears, still hunters, like hunters, like, you know, they've got clothes on. They've got, they've built like really primitive houses or huts that they're living in, but they're not, they're not as civilized as what you would expect. Like they're still like, parts of Indonesia are so Western now. Bali's so Western. Yeah. Jakarta is so Western. Um, Bandung. And doing like um, there's parts like a big towns like um, Sulawesi. There's like big towns that are like good infrastructure, good housing and stuff. But man, Indonesia is so wide and so villages. When you get to these like little tiny islands, and you're rocking up these islands, they just live on the island. You know, they trade. They're still traders. They're still fishermen. They're just like you know what I mean. Like they're yeah. still like just living in tiny little huts. That's like so. There's no. There's like no no law. I mean, it's like what they decide to do is law. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like, so and, it's like and, and, if you're, and if you're causing shit, or they think you're causing shit, well, fucking mm. get rid of them. Well, that's why when I yeah, this story that's going to be the next one is when we got robbed. It's like I thought I was going to get my hands chopped off because I did. I reacted in a way to these people that robbed us. I just, it was just one huge blow up. We got, okay, the short version, and to give a little teaser, is we got robbed one night on our boat um, in the Mentawais off, off, off a small island that had one little village, and we lost about eight grand worth of stuff. And we, we were drunk in the middle of the night when we got back to the boat and found that we'd been robbed. And so, you know, I, we went looking for our stuff. I grabbed a machete and like we went into the village looking for our stuff and like we definitely came in aggressive and like were it, you drunk yeah and oh, it was a big and, and i'd been at sea for a while and i was in the, in a very primitive mind state and like i was ready to 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 fight someone over my stuff with a machete i had a machete and a knife strapped to my leg i was like my passports our money all this stuff like it was very and i'm not you know me i'm not an aggressive person at all yeah but i was like it was just such a thing of being in such a primitive mind being so primitive living off the ocean everything and then like it sounds so stupid saying this until you actually listen to the story of what actually went down yeah yeah it's like the village chief i had to have a meeting with him i was sitting there going like i'm, I'm done like he's gonna you know because these are in villages where if they catch a thief it's fun it's, it's man sometimes like indonesia that's one thing about indonesia living there it's like so hypocritical it's like it's if you get everyone does it but if you get caught doing it then it's bad it's like yeah. So all my Muslim mates, and they're so amazing, and I love them, but they're all, they all drink. Yeah, 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 sure. But then if you get caught drinking, you're in trouble. You're you're in trouble. Or it's like they all um they all eat during Ramadan. That's like so funny catching them eating. It's so funny, they're like sneaking food during Ramadan. But if you got caught, that's the hugest thing. But if you mate, if someone gets caught, it's like oh they all they just. Uh, you know, he's, that's yeah, stony. He's such a bad guy. Even yeah, though you're yeah. doing it, it doesn't matter. He's like, now nah, he got caught. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I remember I got robbed living in Western Bar. My motorbike got robbed. I was watching the little kids. So Lexi and I are out surfing um, over in Maluk and where Super Sucks is. We're surfing playgrounds a little inside. And I saw these kids come down and and they're on my motorbike ripping back the seat, putting their hands in. So I started paddling. I'm like yelling at them. I'm like, oi, oi. And then... I get to the beach and I'm running up and they've run off and they've taken my bag. They've got my stuff out of the bike. And after this, like we used to put mouse traps in our bikes. Ah, so they put their hand in and get snapped. Oh, yeah. Because they just come down. You're in like these villages. Like you ride somewhere to go surf and they just come down and rob your bike. <laughs> and so I take off, start chasing them. And I'm going through all these rice fields. I'm going like nuts chasing them. And one of them's run out to the bush. Oh, I've, I, I had them for a while. Like I, I had sight of them and then I've lost them. I've run into this farmer, these two farmers and they had machetes with them. And I said like, oh, you know, these kids have robbed me, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, we'll get them. So now, now they're chasing them with me. And then they're like, when we get them, we'll cut, we'll, we cut their hands off. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, they're thief. They stole. We'll cut their hand off. And I was like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> like, but it was like, that was the thing to actually get caught. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past that farmer himself that if he walked down, that he would he wouldn't put that his hand in my mouth. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like if someone gets caught, it's like ah oh, no, you, yeah, got to do it. Oh, I yeah. remember one night my mate Joey, who's lived in Western Bar for years, and he lived all around um, Indonesia, and he's got some funny stories about getting robbed. He's he's in he's just pretty much Indonesian now. He's built his own house there. He speaks really good Indonesian. He runs the Maluk House. Uh, it's the Mendeka house in, in Western Bar, everyone was getting robbed for a while. All our bikes were getting robbed. 
and was trying to find the thief. And because there was all these mazes, this is down like you go down, like no village kind of near here, but it was like all these mazes through rice fields and through farmland and stuff where the kids would run and couldn't get them. Yeah. And Joey started trying to set up, trying to find like the trails. And so he's like, oh, he just got it in his mind that he's going to get these little fuckers that keep and that are robbing his guests, robbing him. And he, this is a guy that's at this stage lived in Indonesia for like 15 years. And Joey is, he tweaks too. He's such a good dude, really loving guy, really good dude, but don't, he tweaks. And anyway, he's surfing. He surfs with a knife. I don't know why at this stage. He's got a knife on it. Anyway, he sees, he sees these kids going through his bike. So he, he, he goes in and starts running and he's studied the trails. He's been waiting for this moment. He's studying. So he intercepts this kid that's just robbed all the bikes on the beach intercepts this kid loses his mind because he's had this build-up frustration over months about this guy stealing everyone's stuff gets him pulls his knife out pulls this kid down the beach remember american chris was there and chris was like no joey no like runs down i should actually people are gonna gonna know who these guys people are gonna know who these guys are so sorry and i'm probably brutal in the story and i don't know if he knows but luckily, I've been making up these names the whole time. It's yeah, not their real names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes and starts trying to cut this guy's head off. Like, loses it, starts, like, going. And, like, um, Chris has to go and tackle him, tackle him off him and calm him down and everything. And then... Um, so he actually cuts him? Yeah, cuts him. Actually cuts him. And there's, there's another time Joey caught someone um, robbing him and he gave him a flogging, this young kid. He beat the crap out of him. He just gave him a flogging, like a you know, for for robbing him, which is like you, I suppose. That's kind of that's okay, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, is that I don't know. anyway, he said he he felt sorry for this poor kid. You know, he's 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 given him a flogging, and he's gone on on home. And he's got his stuff back. And he's like, oh, hopefully that guy doesn't get. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's driving through the village one day, and he sees the kid in front of in front of um the house with his family, and he's got a black eye and stuff. And he's like, oh god. He goes in the village and he comes back and he sees the family and he's like, "Fuck, I've got to say something. I've got to go up and apologize to the to the family and 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 explain why I I punched their son." No, because I cut his hands off. Nah. So he goes. So he goes up and he said the dad was in the front yard. And sorry if you're listening. Let's call him Joey. Yeah, Joey. But you know who you are if you're listening. If I brutal this story, but he said he goes up and the dad's there. And he goes, hey, look, you know, I caught your son stealing from me and, and sorry I reacted and, I, and I, I, I punched him a few times and that's why he's got the black eye. I'm really sorry I didn't mean to dishonor your family and stuff. And the dad's like, no, thank you very much. You know, this is all said in Indonesian. Like, thank you very much for being respectful and telling me, like, don't worry, it won't happen again. And he said it reckons Joey, he reckons he's walking back to get on his motorbike. And he said the son walks inside and all he hears is wellowing. This is, the son's getting another flogging off the dad for stealing. <laughs> and Joey reckons he got on his motorbike and was riding off feeling that bad because he already gave the kid a flogging, already taught him his lesson. And now his dad's giving it to him again. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh man, yeah. There's a whole different world. You really got to learn the culture and how to live and how to adapt. In a lot of yeah, and it's it's not Bali. 
living in the culture is not like when you go to Bali. Like you've you've met me in Western Bali. Yeah, like yeah, living yeah. that's very that's village, you know. It's oh, yeah, so a, different. And that's there's a, sophisticated. Yeah, and things yeah. and it's not for me to tell people how things should work. They've got their own system and how things work and you just gotta to adapt to that. But you gotta learn it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't you go learn in there thinking you don't go in there thinking it's you know yeah. gonna be my way. Especially Western Bali. Like they you know, like if you really pissed them off and it really disrespected them, they got no problem cu- cutting you and leaving you in the bush. Cut you know. Because they they do that they do that to their own, wow. you know what I mean? And it yeah. doesn't happen in Westerners. We you know that's why like when tourists go there, it's to say like they've got signs in front of the village before you go through. You must wear a shirt and pants, no bikinis. Yeah. Have your shirt on. And Westerners go there and disrespect that. And you you tell them you go put a shirt on, and they're like it's 2020 they need to get with the times it's like no you're here <laughs> in there having the experience for them and you're disrespecting their culture yeah. and what they do by doing that and they're like no nah, they got to learn it's like no they don't no they don't it's, yeah, it's no. there it's you're visiting their backyard you know yeah. what i mean you're going to their house you're in their house yeah, yeah. you better do what they do or you yeah, yeah. don't do that yeah. yeah all right so oh god we've been talking for hours all right <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, Bunny's Albion's coming in. She's making it. Yeah, she's making a couple. All right, let's get out of here, Rio. All right. Uh, that was awesome. That was fucking epic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the yacht part two. Whoa. There's, I think, two more stories to come out of that. All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye. So if you like this episode, please feel free to share it and leave a rating. And if you have or know of anyone with a wild story, please get in contact with me through my Instagram, Aaron underscore Shanks, or the website, diariesofthewildones.com, because I'd love to sit down over a beer or a coffee and hear it. I do it like a double.